This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right. Friday. Here we are. Good news, bad news on a Friday. Well, good news is it's Friday. I mean, has anybody ever gotten up on a Friday? Oh, bro, it's Friday. No, of course not. Friday's a good thing. The bad news, though, is your chances of voting the opening kickoff as the best sports show in all the land uh, is quickly, that window is quickly closing. So we encourage you, go vote nap, votenappies.com. Not only vote with your heart, but vote with your mind. This is a clear-cut choice, ladies and gentlemen. In the meantime, you can talk to us, 694-1055. Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. Mr. Trevanian, sir? We do have other good news, too. This is the start after we're done of a three-day weekend. How about them apples? Uh Uh-huh. How about that? So uh, we won't be back until uh, Tuesday. But let's look at what's going on today and last night. We've thrown this number. You've heard it. You're probably sick of hearing it, that NBA teams down three games to none are are zero to 150. In other words, nobody's ever come back from a three-game deficit. Uh, 3-0 deficit, and it's happened 150 times. The Celtics are the 151st, but here's the deal. They have now become, Mark, only the eighth team ever to at least force a game six, and it wasn't close last night. Again, I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to sit in and watch a decent game, but basically, and here's what happened, and the narrative basically was this. The Celtics are playing like the second-best team in the league, as judged by their record during the regular season, and the Heat reverted to the way they played during the regular season. Yeah, and so we talked a little bit about where that pressure lies because Boston got that first game, and maybe there's a little pressure there by Miami to kind of close this thing out, and they had to do it on the road. They did not. Clearly, all the momentum is now Boston. And I and you can't help but feel, Lee, that at this point we're – in the midst of watching history be made here. I think we may see history, but here's the deal. This is the way I look at it. The, the Game 6 is tomorrow night. Game 7, if they needed, would be played Memorial Day. But Game 6, to me, is Miami's 7th game. That's the way sure, I feel about it. Sure. They have to win. If not, then you go back to Boston Guards. Now, let me say this. The Boston Gardens has not been that great a place for Boston Celtics. They're only 5-5 five and five la- since winning last night. So at home court, you're only 5-5. Five and five. That's not very good. So I don't want to say it's impossible for Miami to lose Game 6 and then not win in Game 7 because the Celtics have not been very destructive in playing at their – they have been destructive in playing in their home court. But last night, they had four players, 20 or more. But here's the another stat that's crazy. Game 4 and Game 5 – Miami committed 16 turnovers in each game, and in each game led to 27 Celtic points. Hmm. Stat of the day. Stat, Stat of the, of the day. day. Here good, comes good. that what? Stat of the day. I like your version better than some of the others <laughs> I've heard. At least I can understand it. Um, you, you and Will Ferrell, stat of the day. So there's this uh, – a couple other NBA notes. So there's this narrative now that the Nuggets are boring and that – Jokic is boring, and nobody wants to see 
the Nuggets win because that just wouldn't make for compelling stories. Can I ask where this is coming from? Because I I don't consider myself the last word on NBA. I haven't seen Denver play that much, but in the games that I saw in the postseason, I wouldn't say they're really boring. I, I'd actually say they're pretty exciting to watch because of the fact that he has great passing ability. And, he's, you, know, he lo- you know what? The funny thing is those who don't see him think he's some kind of lumbering giant that just is basically a statue out there. But actually he moves pretty well for a big guy. Uh, Gilbert Arenas Uh-oh. says, uh, no one's going to care. Let's just be honest. I'm sorry. He's not going to go from where he is right now to super megastar because he's not doing anything kids want to see. Tim Duncan was four rings in. He went for the fifth, and we like, oh, bleep, this is boring. Nobody wants to see Tim Duncan and the Spurs in the championship. That's just the facts. No matter how many rings they won, no one really cared about the Spurs like that. And now he's saying Denver okay, is in that I similar situation. I don't compare Duncan to Jokic. I really don't. I, I think they're entirely different type of people. Uh, Duncan, uh, I could see Gilbert maybe saying a little bit that he's boring. I could go with that. But but Jokic is a little bit different. I don't ever remember seeing Duncan lead fast breaks or anything like that or shoot threes from outside and Duncan was as steady a consistent player as you'd ever want and you certainly would want him and I don't know if you remember this Mark but uh, when uh, Rick Pitino took the uh, Celtics job and left college basketball he took it under the premise that the Celtics were going to get the number one pick and Tim Duncan they did not he didn't fare too well at Boston but that's neither here nor there how did can I ask this question how did Gilbert Arenas become such an expert well, he played the game, and you know those guys that those guys that play the game automatically. Do you want a story? I do. All right, I have. I will say this: I am really enjoying Jeff Benedict's book on LeBron. I've changed my my thinking on him. You know that not so much not in the basketball sense, but as a person, as a human being, as a father, and as a businessman. But in the, in the uh, chapter that I just read, it's about him and Gilbert Arenas, if I may. So it's coming down to the wire, playoff game, Cleveland, Washington. First time Cavs have been in the playoffs in a long, long time. James, I think, is in his third year. They're in the playoffs. Arenas goes to the line with a chance to ice the game late in the game. He's had a very good game. And LeBron, being not so much a rookie anymore, but Arenas misses the first free throw. And LeBron and Arenas, who did have a a relationship, I mean, I think, Apparently a a decent one, pretty good friends. So LeBron goes to the, uh, he he doesn't, he just goes and he taps him on the shoulder or something like that and says, you miss this and you know who's going to win the game, don't you? And so he gets into Gilbert Arenas' head and it all goes back to when Arenas had come over to LeBron's house to play cards. It goes back a ways. And so LeBron gets into his head. Arenas misses the second. And so they Get a guy off the bench named Damon Jones who hadn't played at all. And Jones hits the game-winning basket, as LeBron had predicted. You you know, he wasn't referring to himself as the game-winner. He was referring to a guy on the bench who hadn't even played. Just a little side note. Uh, so you guys can certainly get in on that. Uh, the other, there was a lot. So one of the things I want to talk to you guys today about was, I we I, Nick, I'm not even sure we can play the the beef between Shannon Sharp and Kwame Brown. We definitely can't play Kwame Browns. There'd be more bleeps than there would be content. 
But man, Shannon Sharp and Kwame Brown are going round for round. And it got me thinking of some of like the most heated and biggest beefs among sports personalities and athletes what's, of all time. What's Kwame Brown doing now? Is he It's a great question. No, no I'm serious. I, I'm not being funny. I when I saw that So Kwame Brown was very critical of LeBron and talking about how he was supposed to be great. Isn't he supposed to be great? And Shannon Sharp, who is a noted LeBron rider, uh fan. Fan, thank you. Uh defended him and said essentially Kwame Brown is on my Mount Rushmore of busts like if if there were busts if there was a he would be number one he said it doesn't even matter he would be up there like just went all out went after Kwame Brown well Kwame Brown now has now released like I think two videos just attacking Shannon Sharp like going after him using words that I, I, I'm going to back up, though. What is he like an Internet? Who, who is Kwame well, Brown that he can come out? and? Well, that's kind of Shannon Sharp's point. Yeah, who is he? He's uh, just a guy that has a social media account and makes videos. See, speaking of Gilbert Arenas earlier, he was threatening to fight Gilbert Arenas because Gilbert Arenas was, like, making fun of him. Okay, so he, who, was he was fight, fight who? Fight, but Kwame? Kwame, happened. yeah. Where does Kwame Brown get off after his... And, and I agree with Shannon Sharp. Uh, I, I'm not going to say the most disappointing, but boy, he's right up there. I can't yeah. remember all the number one draft picks that were bust, but that was one of the worst. And you can thank Michael Jordan for that. Well, Kwame Brown was just spitting fire at Shannon Sharp, man. It was just, uh, it was two and three minutes at a time of just pure, unadulterated hate. Um, but it, the the bigger point is, I'm curious. What would have been some of the bigger beefs that you guys, whether it's through the media or in their playing days, some of the biggest beefs between sports, uh, between personalities and athletes? Uh, Could we include George Steinbrenner, Billy Martin, who fired him five times? Would that count? Yeah. Although I'm, I'm thinking after like you the want... second or third time, you pretty much knew what you were getting All when right. you were being hired. How about by the guy. this, though? But yes. Billy Martin manager, Reggie Jackson. Okay. Because they actually had a fist fight in the dugout. Yeah, that probably does. And Billy Martin didn't like Reggie, and it's what led to one of his firings and one of his drunken, or let's say, too much to drink after a game deals. So I wanted to throw that out at you. A little little basketball, some basketball nuggets for you guys to chew on today. Um, Kwame Brown. And, and Shannon Sharp's whole point is Kwame Brown's been irrelevant, and this is, and now he, and and now he's back in the mainstream. He's trending, and that's the only reason he said it. But Shannon Sharp's point was, LeBron isn't supposed to be great. He was great. That nobody could watch that Lakers game, that final game, and not say that Le, that LeBron wasn't playing Again, well. Again, you know, I know we talked about Roethlisberger. How can anybody who had such a disappointing NBA career, especially as an overall number one, and LeBron was an overall number one? come out and say something like that, and here's a guy that's now leading the NBA in career scoring and playing in his 19th or 20th year. How can, how can anybody have the guts to come out and, and, and with a straight face and say that? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how. Let me play devil's advocate with you, right? So we had this conversation maybe uh, in the last week or 10 days about who would you rather, Kirby Smart or Nick Saban, right? So the thought process is if the Nick Saban's the GOAT, then there's no way you would take Kirby Smart because he's he's the greatest coach of all time. There, it, 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 it doesn't make sense 
It doesn't compute to take Kirby Smart. Now, we know there are other factors when you make that argument, right? The fact that, that Kirby's recruiting at a higher po- uh, 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 a high clip. And, oh, by the way, he's won the last two, and he's the favorite to win a third straight national championship. So it does tend to give you pause, right? Well, I would say they're, they're very similar. Many think that LeBron James is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. Why are you losing? Why are you being swept? Okay, so so there there are some similarities to that argument. All right, here's where I differ in what you're saying. Saban and Smart are both great in what they do. Okay, LeBron is in here, Kwame's down there. Now, if Michael Jordan came out and said it, then we've got something going because you got a player who's at least on a par or better. But Kwame Brown. I mean, there's well, no comparison. Well, don't compare Kwame Brown to LeBron. Compare, compare no, I'm Le- just comparing LeBron to the Denver Nuggets because that's who he was playing. I know, but so, when you mention, like, say, who's the greatest, Saban or Smart, well, I don't understand how Kwame Brown should even be in the conversation. Who even cares? He he, he, was, he did nothing. He was an f- absolute flop in the NBA. Right. You and I never never dribbled a basketball in the National Basketball Association in our lives. We've never coached an SEC game, but we sit here and we talk about which one's the best. Yeah, but we're not out there in the national media, and we're not being hit by Sterling or Shannon Sharp and and so forth. But I don't know where Kwame – now, if if you had, like, somebody who was relevant, let's say John Stockton came out and said it or Carl Malone or (laughs) or, uh, pick anybody, uh, Carmelo Anthony, then I'm listening. Carmel is a little busy at the late, last. Uh, I'm, I'm listening. He's at a family reunion. Am I right, Nick? I'm not listening to Kwame Brown. I don't care. I think that was a disastrous pick. All right. Uh, anyway, so that's a little, uh, little something, something uh, to chew on this morning. Coming up today, uh, we're going to talk a little uh, high school football. BC Rain football coach Lawrence Yelding scheduled joins us at six thirty uh, in hour number one. We'll we'll have our Miller Lite golf report at seven o'clock with John Ricchetti. Uh, we're scheduled to be joined by Dan Jennings at seven thirty. Also going to have a little Chick Fil A um, at an uh, hour number two as well. So we're just getting started. Scoreboard traffic and weather to kick your Friday off. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee Triple G. We're in the studios of WNSP at Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Sports is that? Was that a hockey? A that hockey was another audio? overtime hockey game. As Vegas was trying to win four in a row, Stars won on home ice despite their captain being suspended two games for a penalty that he took two games ago or a game ago. So that series continues to who's going to play the Florida Panthers. Mark, a uh, story out of Colorado. Uh, the uh, Buffaloes announced they have set a record for the school for number of single-game tickets sold in one day, 11,273. These are single-game tickets. They've already sold out their allotment of season tickets. So single-game tickets went on sale, and in one day they claim they sold over 11,000. 
273. Hmm. Okay. Well, good for uh, good for Dion in the Colorado program. How about that? I hope. Look, I think he's going to be a a compelling story. I think they're going to be people that either love him or hate him, but he brings an excitement to to college football. I'm eager to see if he can turn that program around in, in, in one season. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. What do you consider a turnaround? They were one and eleven last year, and I'm curious with with Colorado fans, what would they deem a success this year? Certainly, they're not going to go undefeated with all these new players coming in, but if they get to four wins or five, is that considered? I think dual doable? eligibility. I think people will be over That'd be out, out of sight if they get to that. Yeah. I Six think, wins. Yeah. Possible. I think that's the, I think that's the minimum requirement for quote unquote turnaround uh, in college football. Don't you? I mean, yeah. And you in know the what? NFL, in the Can NFL, I, it would be if you're turnaround, a, a, in a turnaround see, a year, you're getting to, me to that's, the playoffs. To me, that's so mediocre. To get to six wins, to to go into a season, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, but hey, we, let's get bowl eligible. Let's get to six wins. That you know, it's it's like what's become with baseball. Let's get my starting pitcher to five innings. You know, it's just so mediocre to me. Uh, big deal. I you know, unfortunately, because of all the bowl games, you you know, you have to have teams to fill the bowl games, and you know, the the you get to six wins and you're bowl eligible and. Even so, coaches get fired these days. True, but based on what they did last year, you're winning five, six times the amount of games you won the, the season before. Um, in a very hypothetical sense, if I went in and, and won double the games you'd won a year before, you'd, you'd call that a success. So to say that he was bowl eligible and get to five or six wins, I think that would be extraordinary considering they had these single victory last season i can't ask you specifically what you're going to be doing september 2nd but if you don't have any basketball or anything going on uh you're sitting in front of your tv set you have sec games galore do you tune in colorado tcu instead no see i would nope oh i i'm very interested to see what they have because there really aren't that many sec games that just stick out that first day you put you mentioned it yesterday one team's uh, a 39 point pick another one's 33 or 37 uh the only the only one that i guess is close and as far as a uh, a gap a very close gap is south carolina north carolina and of course you know i would rather watch tcu in colorado right now just to see just to see what the Buffaloes are all about. And, of course, you know, TCU is coming off uh, getting to the championship game last year. Uh, you guys want to jump in? You can, 694-1055. All right, because this is kind of the last uh, opportunity for you to vote nappies, we suggested last yesterday that if you were having a difficult time trying to decide who to vote for, if you vote for us, grab a screen grab of the vote that proves that you did and stick it in the app. We will say whatever it is you want us to say on the air that doesn't get us fired. This, by the way, now includes us promoting other businesses. According to the bylaws of the radio gods, that is uh, not exactly on the up and up. But if you, like yesterday, someone voted for us and asked that Lee say that baseball is 
Stupid, dumb. I don't remember the exact word. No, the the phrase was I don't like baseball. Oh, I don't like baseball. Yeah. But and I preface it by saying yeah, there's you, certain things I don't like about it, but I'm still. Yeah. And I'm gonna say this. You you throw a little something something on the end of I it. I did some homework thanks to Nick. Okay. Nick, you with me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I yes. was surprised to hear you to to get your information, but the three podcasts, football, basketball, baseball. Which one gets the most clicks? Uh, that would be the baseball one. By far. There you go. So what do you think that means? It means more people are interested in baseball. Mm. It's not the dead sport you claim it to be. They do a good job of promoting it. And that's... When when can they get when can they listen to and I know on Wednesdays every third Wednesday it's on from five thirty to six but how can people listen to the podcast? Yeah, you can catch uh, Joey Warner and Ricky Patterson on the Batters Box every Tuesday at noon. Last week they had Pete Rose Jr. on. They, How about that? That's a nice fascinating guest. Conversations. Hmm. You know, it's funny he mentioned. It's not funny, but so yesterday I'm out with a friend people of mine. People love dead things. I mean, vampire movies are hugely popular. With zombies, you. with you, zombies. Oh, the apocalypse! So I'm out at a friend, and he's got these baseballs, and he—I didn't want to open it, but he did, and he showed me Pete Rose autograph. The big news Sign. there is Lee has a friend. Sign Charlie Hustle. Ah, hey, we're gonna talk some high school football next. Don't go anywhere. It's the opening kickoff. Welcome back in on this Friday edition. Want to take a moment here to uh, wish you and yours a, uh, a happy and safe uh, extended weekend. Obviously, we will not be in on Monday as it is Memorial Day, but uh, we'll be back on Tuesday at six. So, a little little programming note for you all, you guys out there enjoying the show this morning. All right, we're going to talk some uh, high school football. Do we have uh, Coach Yelding on yet? I know he's traveling today. You know where he's going to, Mark? I don't. He's going to Tampa to watch a baseball game. How about that? Huh? Any specific baseball game? Yeah, they got the Rays, I think, and the Dodgers. This is what he told me yesterday, so I don't know if he's in an area. We do have him? Good. All right, this week completed the dedication for the uh, new stadiums. Uh, We talked to LaFleur. We've talked to Viger. We've mentioned about Davidson. But this week they... The, the new stadium for BC Rain, the Red Raiders, took effect. And, of course, BC Rain has already completed spring practice. And let's get Lawrence Yelding on the line with us right now. Coach, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great this morning. How are you, sir? You've I don't know if you've heard me say this, Mark, has that when the Red Raiders used to play at Tremere Park, in my mind it was the worst stadium in this area that I've ever broadcast from. And I know you switched. You went to Ladd and played some games. What does this mean now for your school, your players, and your community to have a brand-new stadium? I mean, it's definitely it's, it's a huge thing for us. You know, we're 
know, so very excited. The kids are so very excited. Uh, the community is, you know, just bursting with enthusiasm. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's just been a, it's been a great, a great thing. Uh, but I do want to tip my hat to, uh, you know, to the people of, uh, of the city uh, for accommodating us at, um, at Tremere. Um, it, it, it served its purpose at this time, and, you know, we're grateful for them. We're grateful for Lad. You know, everybody that typically opened their doors for us uh, and let us, uh, you know, play our home football games. Uh, but, you know, just to have this new stadium now, um, it's, it's just something that, you know, nobody ever really thought of. It was really a great vision, insight uh, by our superintendent, uh, Mr. Thread Gill and his staff, you know, to do these things. It's just it's going to bring so much and add so much value to our program. For those who don't know, where is it located? Uh, it's located right there on the south end of the campus on the other side of the aviation building. Uh, kind of sit back to the uh, back of the property. Uh, so when you come in, you don't really see it until, you know, you kind of ground the curve to actually enter uh, the student, uh, the school's parking lot, and then you kind of look down in the hill because it actually sits down a little bit uh, because they had to go down a little bit to find some good dirt uh, to put it on. So it's almost like it's down in the valley. Uh, you know, you're kind of looking over the whole facility as, you know, you enter the property and you see the stadium. You know, it's just going to be a, a really nice little venue to play in. Uh, it's kind of tight, so fans are going to be right on top of you. Um, it's just, man, we're, we're we're excited to death to get out there. What what's the what's your favorite part of that stadium? Like, is it the idea of playing there? I mean, you just sit. At, I, I get the sense that you get on campus, man, and you want to like do something there. You want to be there, like, but it's not the season. Like, what's there. what's what's That's the most exciting right. part? You know, I, I you know I made my you know, I, I talked to my guys a little bit, and we talked, um, you know, just about various things. Um, you know, one of the things being. Uh, it's just like you live in a you live in, in your, when you get your new house. Yeah, you get your new home. I mean, it's just it's just something about you know having something of your own. You know, I, I've lived in uh, apartments and you know everything was there. You had everything that you needed, and it was it was what you call home. But you know, when you buy your own home, it just it just it's a little bit different. So you know, just to walk out the stadium or walk out the field house. You know, to see it, um, knowing this is where you're going to be playing your games, uh, knowing that, you know, we're going to walk through this date, this gate, and we're going to be here. You know, we're going to be defending something that is actually ours. Uh, it's just, again, it's, it's something that we're really looking forward to. What's capacity? How many can you get into a, a game? Uh, our capacity, I think, is 40, like 4203. Uh, the, the exact number, so um, I think it's uh, a little over 2,800 um, on the home side um, and 13 something on the visitor side, maybe a little bit more on the home side. But it's uh, goal line to goal line on both sides. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. So, let me ask you this uh, Who's your home, first home game? First home game will be against two? XL. We play XL on the 25th. Uh, that's when we open it up. What kind of a team are you going to have this year? Uh, we're hoping uh, we're going to be okay. Um, this is we'll be starting my fifth year, um, and I have a group of uh, seniors that came to me as eighth graders. You know, we worked really hard to get them there to keep them intact, 
And, you know, we'll start this year with uh, like 15 seniors, um, you know, four or five that played as freshmen. Um, and then the entire 15 that has played in some capacity, you know, quite a bit since they were sophomores. So, you know, we probably are returning at least, we're returning 15 guys that have, you know, 15, 16 plus games uh, minimum of varsity experience. So, you know, we're thinking that that's going to pay uh, dividends for us uh, this year. And we, we're looking to run a, a competitive club out there. Lawrence, I can't thank you enough. I know you told me you are uh, you got a nice little trip to Tampa. Be safe. Yes, sir. Look forward yes, to uh, talking to you when you get back, and congratulations to the community and to BC Rain. The new stadium's ready to go. It's ready to go. Yes, sir. And we appreciate you, Lee, and you guys. Thank you, Coach. Have a great weekend. We appreciate oh. it. Oh. All right. Thank you. All yep. Right. Uh, speaking of coaches, See where Brian Harson spoke with ESPN? Yeah, you know, I had mentioned to you a while back, I was, I should have called him. I, I really did. I wanted to get in touch with him and for whatever reasons did not follow through. I was w- wondering when the first break would come and somebody would call him. Now, according to Chris Lowe's story, he is no longer uh, living in Auburn. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's back. They never sold their house. Okay. Uh, they did in Auburn, but they didn't so, sell their original house. You know, and he talks a lot about seeing his son through high school. So I assume the son. Obviously, I'm assuming if they've moved, the son's no longer playing at Auburn High, right? He's I, I think somewhere that's fair in to say, Boise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I should have gotten in touch with him. That's that's my bad. Uh, there's not a whole lot to it. Um, I don't think he. He didn't. He didn't really like go after Auburn, uh, but did make some comments about, and I'm, I'm he didn't use this word. I'm using the dysfunction. Yeah, uh, he, he referenced that. He he said there were a lot of. He didn't say stinky, but stinky stuff. I didn't that think was happening he... to his and his family. I thought he handled it as well as you could handle it if you're going to go on the record and say anything about Auburn. I thought. Well, first of all, I, I agree. I, I don't think he said anything that most of us aren't aware of. But I thought when he was asked, uh, in a sense, what would you do, do differently? And, and he kind of alluded, well, I'd ask different questions yeah. outside of football. I wasn't sure exactly what, what that meant, but that maybe I was too isolated. And then, of course, he went into lockdown when asked about recruiting because that was the big fault against him. I mean, anybody who criticized Brian Harson to me was he doesn't get out. High school coaches, Mark, totally saying, why doesn't he come here? What 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 is he doing? He doesn't build up relationships. Harson's reaction to that was it was a COVID and he couldn't do it. I'm not saying yes or no. I mean, I'm not in the profession, but I can tell you a lot of local coaches were very disappointed that Auburn was not more instrumental in recruiting. And you look at the roster overhaul now, the number, what, 42 newcomers, 21 transfers. That seems to indicate that, uh, you know, there was work to be done. His, we had him on the air with us. We actually did have him on the air when he was coaching, and and he did talk about the fact that the COVID really hurt them in recruiting. So I, I'm not going to say anything. He's not coaching now. It's not worth saying anything. But there was definitely a lot of criticism in this parts with coaches I talked to about Auburn not being more visible. Well, 
I think the the questions he was referring to, the questions that he wanted, he should have asked. I think was in reference to boosters, trustees, how the dynamic between the school and the athletic department work, and who's really in charge. I think that's what I read. That's what I gleaned from those comments. And I think if you had done, if if anybody does their due diligence when they are getting offered a job or they're interviewing with a university, especially Auburn, I don't think it's too difficult to find out just by making a couple of phone calls what could potentially be the hurdles at any institution, much less Auburn. If you call Gus Malzahn, if you call Tommy Tuberville, if you call name your former Auburn coach and just be like, hey, I'm thinking about taking the job here. What do I need to know? The first thing out of their out of their mouths is boosters, board of trustees, meddling. So do you blame Brian Harson for not knowing? I kind of do. I mean, how do you not know? Coaches, they're close fraternity, man. People, the guys talk. They get information from one another. This is not information that would be difficult to attain if you were a prospective coach. I happen to agree with you on that. I really do. I think he had a cushy job at Boise State. He was like number one son. He was a quarterback there, had great success coaching. I mean, you had the great lifestyle. People have told me, Boise, that area is just a wonderful place to grow up, and and, and there's so much to do, even though we don't talk about it as being a resort area, but people do go there, and if you're gonna if you're gonna take another job, and it, it, I I can't imagine it being much more than maybe the the dollars and cents. Maybe I don't know if he ever had an inclination. I want to coach in the SEC, but one of my first calls would have been to Gus Melzon easily. You can't just all of a sudden somebody offer you a job and say, yeah, I'm gonna jump at this opportunity. I'm gonna leave because because if he was hired at Boise State, he would say, this is my dream job, right? I'm home. Uh, you know, th- this is where I've always wanted to coach. Well, he was coaching there, and he had great success there, and he was a big-time coach. He had offers. So I agree with you. He he should have done more homework, or I don't know who his agent is, but somebody there should have warned him and told him that, you know what, I'd think twice about this unless you're prepared to deal with factions other than football. And, of course, you know, he was hired by, you know, Alan Green, and we know what happened once Alan Green was let go. So, you know, you have to look into that also uh, as to, you know, who your boss is and is he on solid ground. But, no, he should he, – he didn't – I don't think he was prepared for what hit him. Uh, Tight said word is Harson can't really say what he wants to do to the buyout. That's uh, a very good point uh, and probably pretty valid. Uh, and so he probably wanted to say as much as he could without actually saying anything. So that makes sense. Anyway, it's it's not a bad read. It, it's not as explosive as one would hope, though. In in and in, when you read some some of those headlines, but all good. So let's do this. Let's uh let's take a break. Let's come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. You guys can jump in on the conversation six nine four one zero five five. Does it feel like? It feels like to me we're in, we're we're in the midst of watching a historic turnaround in an NBA playoff series. Am I overreacting? Based on what we've seen the last two games, Boston seems to have figured it out. No other team in the history of the NBA has done what what we what we could potentially be in the midst of watching. 
It just kind of feels like that. We'll talk about that. Kwame Brown relevant again, or is he? Who's the most irrelevant athlete to ever spout off to become relevant again? I don't know. Kwame might be on that list. We'll talk about it. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is Will Herring, a member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNSP 105.5. Riley clobbers one to deep left center field, streaking across the sky, 2-0 Atlanta, way out of the ballpark, and home run number eight for Riley. The one to Marcel, and he rips one out towards right field, that's heading back towards the wall, that is bouncing off the top. Man, this is kind of your show, Lee. We got baseball audio, we got hockey audio. Well, we were supposed to have basketball at 6.30, so don't put that on me. Oh, what did we, we have instead? I we don't didn't remember. have anything. Oh. Uh, maybe maybe the computer locked up. That's usually what happens. But that was Riley had two long-distance home runs yesterday. We will continue talking baseball at 7.30. Robo-umps back in the news as Aaron Boone was tossed for the second time in four games, arguing balls and strikes, came out and said, I'm not interested in robo-umps. It's in AAA. Danny Jennings will join us and talk about that. Uh, someone in the app, everyone talks about Auburn like this, but Alabama is just as bad, if not worse. But here lately, it's been covered up by Saban's success. Maybe so. They, they may be very well about that. We don't. We don't really hear about any inner uh, fighting or uh, disagreements or things like that. Um, well, look, you went there. Do you, you? Maybe you have a better understanding of what the dynamics are. All right, I mean, for the I've record, heard, I had heard stuff, I hadn't but I don't want to. I gone there yeah, in I know, I know. 25 years. I mean, I've heard stuff like you have, right? I've heard that there is a person up there that basically kind of ha- has the, the, the final say or close to it, but you don't hear anything from him. He stays in the background that he's – He's got his voice is very silent, but if they need something, they go to him. Obviously, the athletic director uh, has has a big say, but it's not like you don't ever hear about the board, you know, this or that, or this guy doesn't want this, or this guy doesn't want that, or who's making the decisions. Um, that's a good point. When you have success like that, you basically what they did with Nick Saban, from what I understand, Mark. Correct me if I'm wrong. They basically just. Gave him the kingdom and said, here, it's yours. Right. And we've talked about this for years, though, that you you, you need somebody with that mentality to, that is strong enough to come in and say, I'm, I'm, we're not doing it your way. We're doing it my way. Get out. If we need you, we'll call you. And that's what, that's what Saban did, essentially. And that's what coaches have not been able to do at Auburn. Now, so when, when I say, when, when you say that, Alabama has done stuff like this just as bad. I, I I don't I don't know if they've been meddling in football like Auburn has. Maybe they had. I mean, I don't think they meddled under with Dubose and Shula. Now they threw Shula under the bus, uh, but not but it wasn't like, hey, you need to do it this way. I don't think. I think you're on to something. See, like, I would have thought if any coach had the power on campus that Saban does, it would be Tommy Tuberville. 
because of the six rings, the six straight wins over Alabama, the success, a near national title, uh, the undefeated season. I would have thought, but that wasn't the case because of the so-called meddling and sending an airplane to Louisville to talk to Petrino. Can you imagine, seriously, can you imagine that happening with Saban coaching Alabama? They send a plane somewhere else to go to Georgia to talk to Kirby Smart? Yeah. Think about that. No, that's not going to happen. And it happened at, at Auburn with a very, very successful coach at the time. Granted, in his latter year or two, it kind of fell off. But maybe he lost interest. Maybe he saw the handwriting on the wall. And maybe he didn't help himself with some of the coaching hires he made. Now, that's not to say that there isn't there aren't issues in Tuscaloosa. I mean, we spent the last few weeks talking about that, right? The last few months talking about this baseball scandal, the basketball scandal. But that's different. And I'm not, but I'm, you know, I am in no way talking about, uh, you know, that. But, but that's not involving issues. the board of directors, right? I'm not yeah. talking, but we're talking about meddling, um, and I'm not sure we've seen that uh, here in Tuscaloosa. They, and and maybe there was a lot of that going on before Saban, but Saban's been there so long now that you know, for a lot of us, that that that's no longer really part no, of the No, he was he narrative. came in there as a very powerful figure. Mal Moore brought him in and did everything he could to bring him in. I would say this his if the other guy that was supposed to come in you probably would have seen and he, I doubt I'm just going to go out on a limb and I can say this cuz nobody can prove me wrong if Rodriguez had taken the job I don't think he would have been there this long. No. Absolutely no. not, right? He lasted what 3 years at Michigan. But, I mean, when you come in there, you're handed the keys to the kingdom. And, you know, right from the get-go, Nick Saban took over in a very powerful way. He, he limited practices as far as people coming out to watch. He basically uh, started getting rid of players. And he turned it into the program, which you see now. And why would anybody meddle? And I think, Mark, and again, I don't know this for a fact. I just hear it. There is a very silent voice up there that carries a lot of weight. But he does not meddle. Really? I'm not familiar with this voice. You can give us a hint? From what I've heard, his father was uh, one of the all-time great coaches. Really? At Alabama. I did not know Mike Shula had a, had a, had a son. <laughs> Mike Price? <laughs> no, not Mike Price. Price wasn't right, was it? Although it made for good content on your show. What was her name? Destiny. Destiny. Those Destiny. were the good old Destiny days. Destiny rides again. Yeah. Um, Those were which some is of funny because a lot of people thought she looked like a horse. Nick, do you remember? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, I think it was pretty clear. Go ahead and Google Destiny. Arity's Angels and, and tell me what you think. You have, you think we got good content these days? You weren't around when, when the Alabama coach went to Arity's Angels in Pensacola and met our lady friend. Yes, that's interesting. When I when I talk she ordered to people, one of everything on the uh, on the room service menu. Yeah, when I, people go to Pensacola, they tell me yeah, they like to go to McGuire's, but not Mike Price. Yeah, it's good times. Stroll down memory lane. Those were those were good. times. Oh, I know your shows were terrific back in those days. Those were good times. The Rebel Rouser, you and the Rebel Rouser. Yeah, he attended a uh, a strip club in Pensacola, or did he meet a genuine lady of the night? No, I, I think uh, I think he went to the establishment, and I think when the shift was over, um, the party moved to his room. 
Oh, the, he, the, he, the infamous he had him quote, working overtime. It's rolling baby became quite the uh, became quite the expression that year. Hmm. What's the more popular? What what became the more popular saying? It's rolling baby or honk if you sack Brody. Remember that was going to be like a bumper sticker in the whole deal. I wasn't familiar with the first one, so I'd have to say from my point, the second one. I was not familiar with the first one, Mark. They should do a 30 for 30 on Mike You Price. mentioned earlier. Oh, that'd be so good. You mentioned earlier about voices of undistinguished athletes. And, and the one that comes to my mind is Ryan Leaf. Very, very visible these days uh, doing work. And I give him credit for where he was and what he had to go through and some prison. You know, he was in our studio, I think, twice. Very likable guy. And here was a guy that was never succeeded as a second pick in the NFL draft. Someone says, yeah, Mark, but now we have an Auburn coach that is called escorts from a university phone. I mean, you're not wrong. I like to, I do like to po- point out some accuracies in, in your statements. All right, hour number two on the way. We're going to do the Middle Light Golf Report. Um, oh, and I think Nick needs us to play, you and me, we have to play a game of some type. I'll have to do some research on that. I don't know. It's hour number two. Hang with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, here we are. It's hour number two on this Friday. Thanks for hanging with us. A little programming note. Obviously, uh, we will not be here on Monday, so I want to wish you and yours a happy and safe uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we got a couple hours left here, so fear not, but we will not be here on Monday. Headlines this morning, Boston Celtics have become only the eighth team in NBA history to force a game six when down three games to none, a wire-to-wire win over Miami. They had four players, 20-plus points. Also uh, in college baseball, Alabama eliminates Auburn from the SEC tournament. They won yesterday 7-4. to four. This amazing Crimson Tide team, how they have rebounded from the firing of their head coach, will now take on Vanderbilt in an elimination game. Uh, There is still talk favorably that both Alabama and Auburn will be hosting regionals when those bids come out. I think it's Monday, if I'm not mistaken, the bids would come out. And the Super Regionals get underway today, and in Tuscaloosa, night game on ESPN2, Alabama hosting Northwestern. All right, let's talk golf. they got a tournament going down there in Fort Worth, Texas. It's called the Colonial. We have John Ricchetti with the Miller Lite Golf Report. Johnny, what's going on down there in Colonial? Well, it's just uh, obviously the uh, big after the big PGA Championship that Brooks Kepka won last week. By the way, uh, he'll be participating in the Live Golf there in uh, just outside Washington D.C. as the Live Golf Tour will get ready to kick off today at 54-hole tournament. But the PGA Tour, as you mentioned, in Colonial Country Club, just outside Fort Worth, Texas, and Harry Hall, a rookie. From England is your leader with a great round of golf yesterday. And uh, Robbie Shelton is in tied for third place at four under par. 
four shots behind the leader, Harry Hall, and we'll keep an eye on that as Robbie Shelton continues his fine play in 2023. All eyes on this tournament, obviously, were on Michael Block, the big uh, new golfing star that the club pro from California uh, with a top 15 finish last week at the PGA Championship, got a sponsor exemption this week, had a uh, not a very good day yesterday, at 11 over par, 81 yesterday. So uh, it does not look like he'll be, uh, barring a, mir- a miracle, he will not be looking like he'll be making the cut to continue uh, this uh, this great uh, playing of golf that he is that he has done over the last week or two in professional golf. This uh, this also marks the 20th year anniversary where Annika Sorensen had played with the pros, uh, first woman to tee it up with the pros at Colonial Country Club. That marks the 20th year, but she did not make the cut that year as she had played with the men on the PGA Tour. Also, the Senior PGA Championship going on. Padraig Harrington leads that tournament in Texas, and uh, Mobile native uh, Todd Bailey in the field works at uh, uh, Lake Forest Golf and Country Club. He is in at four over par. Uh, Looks like he's going to have to play a good round today if he's going to make the cut in the Senior PGA championship so i want to wish everybody a great weekend be safe please don't drink and drive and we'll talk to everybody on tuesday and hopefully everybody has a great memorial weekend hey man thank you for it we appreciate it have a good weekend all right that's john richard the Millite golf report i was gonna ask johnny and maybe i'll save it till tuesday he mentioned the live tour i wonder if anybody's really what kind of ratings they have you know they're on the cw now yeah. I wonder if anybody's really, you know, and versus the PGA tournament, what their, let's say, ratings are uh, through the Nielsen and so forth. I haven't heard much about it. I was just going to ask him. We'll wait till next week. You see where uh, Michael Block got a text from Michael Jordan, although he didn't see it because he had so many texts, like thousands of texts. Literally, his Nike rep told him, "Hey, did you get MJ's text?" And he's like, "What?" And so he said it took him literally 30 minutes. Imagine going through your text for 30 minutes just to find one. Talk about a needle in a haystack. What did he tell him? He didn't reveal it. Just not that I'm aware of, but well, he's like, I don't even know how he got my number. Could you imagine getting a text? Like, like if, if you got a text from a, name, a number that's not in your phone. I mean, what, what, if you're Michael Jordan, what are you? Are you like, hey, it's MJ? You're like, yeah, right. Like. How, how does that go down? This is Michael Jordan. Just wanted to congratulate you on your, like, how does that work? I can't even imagine. You're talking about what he did last week, not yesterday. Right. Because he had a, like, 81 yesterday. Yeah, Jordan ain't, call, ain't texting saying nice job with the 11 over. But I think that's why people like golf so much, man. Look at that dude. Anybody he could t- be any one of us. Did anybody Michael text Block, Michael dude. Jordan to congratulate him when he picked Kwame Brown with the overall number one pick? Uh, Shannon Sharp. I don't know. Hey, Nick, you awake this hour? Yeah, I just woke up. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, if you can't sleep nice here. see you guys. It's good to be seen. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. You guys want to play a game? We love games. All right. Well, let's <laughs> play one. So, <laughs> look, so we're nominated for nappies, right? Indeed. Best DJ team, best waka morning waka. show, best sports show. Yeah. So, you know, like. 
the combo of Mark and Lee, it's like y'all are one in the same. Y'all yeah. been doing it for a while. Y'all yep. got this connection. So this game will put that to the test. Shaq and Kobe, Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, but some of the Mark those, and Lee. That didn't work out too Ebony well. Ebony and Ivory, Salt and Pepper. I get yeah, it. I get jelly, it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Keep going. Yeah. So this game is called Same Brain. Same Brain. Here's how it works. Here's how it works. <laughs> you're both going to say a word at the same time. All right. And basically what you're going to try to do is each round, based off the words that were said, okay. you're going to try and get closer. So, like, Lee, if you were to say um, dog, cat, and Mark was to say, give me a random word, Mark. Cat. <laughs> See, see, your your word wouldn't be based off. Okay, for example, if he would have said dog and you would have said, let's just start. So like, there, you <laughs> you say the words at the same time, and then based off the two words that you said in the previous round, those two words have to formulate your next word, and you keep going until you guys say the exact same word. All right, so let me ask you a dumb question because yeah. there's no such thing as a dumb question, just dumb answers. If I'm saying a word at the same time he's saying a word, how the hell am I supposed to hear the word he's saying if I'm talking? I don't know. Are you hearing what I'm saying when you talk over me? No. And we'll take. It's not like rapid fire. We'll take a break. So let's just start. Let's just start. All right. So at the same so I'm time, count down three, two, one. Okay. And then Mark and Lee, both of you say a random word at the exact same time. All right. Three, two, one. Kwame. <laughs> okay, Lee. What did you say? Say you didn't hear him. No, wait, Lee. What did you say? I said paper. He said paper. And what did you say? I said Kwame. All right. So now. Based off you saying Kwame and you saying paper, you have to come up with a new word so and say it at the exact okay. same time. And we keep doing this until you say the exact same word. This so is Kwame compelling. and paper. People are now looking into whether or not they can get on votenappies.com and rescind their vote. <laughs> is this a game show? No, but it could be. All right, Kwame and paper. Kwame and paper. Ready? Three, two, one. Brown! <laughs> Did you say a word, Lee? No. Lee. I'm, I'm, st I'm still stunned at this. All you have to do is say a rant. All right. All right. Let's go here. Let's start again. You're going to go with. All right. Different word. Different word. And we word. speak at the same time. I thought yes. I. So what was, your, what was your first word? Paper. <laughs> no. Kwame and paper. Okay. And okay. now you can't say brown. Because that doesn't count because Lee didn't say a word. So at the same time, say a word based off Kwame and paper. Mache. Two. <laughs> All right, let's try again. Don't use that word either. I can't use that word? No, because you have to say it at the same time. It's the whole point of the game. The whole point of the game is you're trying to match the uh, word. And if you say it early, then Mark can just say that word. And then we win. All right, so don't say either of the words that have been said already. You're saying a new word based off Kwame and paper. I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. Cut! Wizards. <laughs> okay. okay, so there's cut, cut and wizard. And wizard. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Wand. Lee, are you saying a word? No, he's not. No, processing. I'm trying to think of a word to say. Just any word, like it could be any word. All right, I'll try to do better. It's so early in the morning. That was his excuse last Look, hour. Mark, Am let's I the you only one Mark, let's you and I play. Let's you and I play. All right. Ready? Three, two, one. Plastic. Mustard. What'd you say? Mustard. Okay. What'd you say? Plastic. <laughs> okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Bottle. Bottle. 
What'd you say? Boom. Bottle. Boom. Let's go. We Let's go. It. We See, that's how it's done. <laughs> Let's go. <Yeah>. Thankfully. <laughs> I have the brain of a 26. Oh, I have a brain of a 26 year old. Thankfully, it's over with. But that's you how see, you get it see, done. That's, that's what we were going we for. We should play the. Well, uh, the problem is, though, it was hard to hear you, Nick, over Mark because Mark screams and you don't. No, I don't. See, here's the thing. We'll have to work on his levels over here because he's got his levels all over the place. Yeah, I know, but I couldn't hear what Nick said, although I... I but yeah. we just repeated it to each other before we went with uh, the word, too. I said... I didn't I hear bottle. Said, huh? He did say bottle, but it was so low-key. Oh. Bottle. <sighs> Good going. Mm. No, we don't, we don't keep going. We won. We won. I know, but I'm just saying I'm congratulating uh, you guys. We should, keep going. we should challenge the final drive. This should be the third... I mean, we got that in two tries. It's actually really impressive. Yeah. Where did you come up with this? I just saw someone playing it. The internet is online. a wonderful place. And the way that <laughs> it was a lot more um, organized <laughs> the way that I saw it. By the way, we were supposed to play pickleball today, but Corey faked uh, being sick. Yeah, no pickleball. No Corey on the final drive this afternoon yeah. either. He's ducking us. I mean, is that really somebody you want to vote for? I'm just saying. We're here every day. Every day. I mean, vote your conscience. Do what you got to do. I, if, if it were me, it's just me. If it were me, I wouldn't show that level of disrespect. Look, and, you know, you got to vote for the opening kickoff, right? Don't – when you go to the polls, right, you're either voting red or blue normally. Those other votes, do they really count in the big scheme of things? So forget about those other random people that are nominated. Vote for the people that count, and that's us. I mean, where else do you get these fun-filled games? Right? Uh, Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Vote. <laughs> uh, someone said, Corey called in the day before a holiday weekend. Oldest trick in the book. Yeah. Classic. It is. That four-day. Yep. We see through you, Corey Labounty. Uh, real quickly, do want to tell you guys... Uh, if you are getting close to the age of retirement, you need to call my guy, Aiden Marks. I'm not talking about taking extended vacation like Corey. No, I'm talking about retiring like Michael Jordan, Lee Shervanian. LeBron's talking about retirement. He's not quite at the age where he can be talking about Medicare, though. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors, a lot of information out there. And here's the biggest part about it. It's constantly changing, right? The uh, Everything that's being offered is always evolving. That's where he can help you. Uh, he had a client asking if he needed to uh, add Medicare to his VA benefits. Um, as it turned out, in that specific situation, the answer was no. But not all situations are the same. So in your situation, it could be that you do. That's kind of what he does, all right? He's local, he's knowledgeable, and he has a physical location. So go by and see him Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet uh, in Daphne. There's never a fee for a service, and he's not selling you Medicare. He simply, as the institution that he works for is called, is advising you. Call him, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. Uh, coming up in this hour, we're going to get you a scoreboard traffic and weather next. Uh, we'll catch up with Alec Naiman. Uh, Dan Jennings set for 7.30. And so much more. Oh, and some Chick-fil-A this hour, too. And who knows what other games Nick will come up with. But it appears, despite all the years of you and I working together on this show, and it's been years, 
And it's felt like years. Nick and I are more in tuned based on that one game. We got to get our stuff together, Lee. Well, you're going to Destin next I've week. I've been told try not to talk over you, so that's kind of like we're in the game you played was we'd who, be talking at the same that? time. Lee? <laughs> was it a program director? Probably wasn't a program director. Maybe an assistant. I've heard it from others here. Oh, really? My voice matters to the people here at WNSP. How about that? And that's weird because they're telling Mark to talk over you more, I think. <laughs> and that's certainly the case. Uh-uh. No, actually, no, uh-uh. that's more Nick. Stop talking. That's more uh, Nick. This is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. We put a big warm bun and a huge hug of meat. Man, get hungry every time I hear that song. And uh, if you're hungry, then the guy to see is Alec Neiman because he's got that great catering place down there on uh, down near Dolphin Island Parkway. And good morning to you, Alex. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. Happy Memorial Day weekend to y'all. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a solemn time, but, uh, you know, everybody looks to have a good time. But we got to remember what the occasion of Memorial Day is all about. It's for those who gave their life for our freedom. That, that's it in a nutshell, you know. So we're going to celebrate and, uh, and yet honor at the same time. So, you know, we broke out the smoker. We started cooking up ribs and Boston butts and briskets, and we've got all the baked beans and mac and cheese and gumbos and, I don't know, chicken salad. You name it, we've got it all. And you can call us today still at, at uh, what is that, 473-3900. I almost forgot my phone number. But anyhow, yeah, you can call us, and we can get you some stuff together, and you can pick it up tomorrow, have it for the rest of the weekend. And if you're desperate and can't have that, we're going to be open Monday because we've got some jobs going on. But, uh, you know, we we'll, we can fix you up on Monday even if you need a, some baked beans, potato salad, anything like that. So just call us at 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namedcatering.com. Of course, give us a like on Facebook because we like that. And it's the last weekend for the nappies. So give us a vote for, like, best caterer. And I think they got me in there, like, for best chef. But I don't care about that. I, you can vote for me if you want to. But just best caterer. You know, we're a team. I, I'm not a solo guy. I, I don't just cook good by myself. I got some great chefs all around me. So y'all have a great weekend. Happy Memorial Day to you. God bless America and all that kind of good stuff. And I uh, appreciate you guys. Have a great one. Thank you, Alec. Have a great weekend. We appreciate it. Seems like he would be nominated for deepest voice. Or you could be nominated for best impersonation. Yeah. You're, you're very close to him. Yeah. Would it Don't? be deepest or raspiest? Each. Both. All right. You said each. I said both. On three. Let's say another word, okay? One, two, what? three. Neither. Voice. What? What, did you, what word did I you say? I said neither. <laughs> neither. I, whew, God, What'd you say? I, was, I, was, I said both. Oh, I thought you said moist. No, I I'm said like, voice. Whoa, I said, I'm sorry, I said voice. Voice. So I said neither, and you said voice. Huh. Okay, another one. On three. One, two, three. Talk. Neither. Talk. You can't say the same word. No. All right. <laughs> uh, on three. One, two, three. Scream. Loud. Oh, we're getting close. All right. Look, now, 
Hang on now. Really think about it here. Scream and loud. Yeah. Scream and loud. What's a word that's similar to both of those words that y'all both can lock in on together? Now, you see, but I'm supposed to be coming up with a word that just comes into mind. Am I supposed to be thinking about what he's thinking? Like, I'm trying to figure out what he's thinking in relation? Yeah, you want to say what Lee's going to say. <sighs> get into the Lee brain, and then Lee get into the Mark brain. I know that's scary. All right, so what was the words? Scream and loud. Scream and loud. All right. I'm think I have a word All in right. my head. All right, here we go. Right. On three. One, two, three. Shout. Yell. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> mm. So like, on and so forth. Oh, no, no. Sorry. There's like one other word. So you said yell. I said shout. Or I said shout. You said okay. yell. All right. One, two, three. Argue. Soft. Would you say soft? I went different direction. Soft. Ooh. <laughs> What'd you say? Mark? Argue. I was going to say holler. Uh, holler. I was thinking holler, but I didn't think he... See, that's what I was thinking about. I didn't think he'd come up with holler. You're right. I wouldn't. See, I'm trying to think like him. All right. So argue and... Soft. Talk about a left turn. My I did. goodness. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Oh, oh. so you're, you're, you're throwing the game. Argue and well, soft. Well, I want to continue the game. You're, you're, right, you're the only one listening right now in the movie. We'll go all the county area that wants to continue this game. Okay, what is it? Argue and soft. Argue and soft. Come on, let's go. One, two, three. Debate. Cream. What'd you say? Cream. I said debate. Cream. <laughs> soft. I couldn't say ice cream. That's two words, so I just said cream. So I went the other direction. You went debate. debate? All right, yeah. debate. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on you, with you. Debate. All right, all right, all right uh, let's go. Debate and cream. <laughs> where did cream come from? Yeah, where did that come from? Uh, all right, ready? One, two, three. Controversial. Debate. Ooh, debate and controversial. Okay. Wait a minute, you said the you same can't just word say I the did. Same word. Now you're falling off the track. Did you say debate? I just that was did. The word you said earlier. I oh. just said it. You don't pay attention. He sure doesn't. No. Only when you talk, Lee. Give him the tape of the show. We can go back and listen to it later on today. I think it's pretty share, fair to say that we don't share the same brain. I think that's probably and the I'm most. And I'm proud uh, to say I think that's the best, I'm okay with smartest that. smartest thing really you've ever said. Shout, yell, and scream. Yeah. And then when it went to whisper, or quiet, and debate, and a cream. Whisper is a good one. Cream. You lost it. Uh, do, you like, do you like whipped cream? Maybe we should have a caller I call in and try I, and play with do you Lee. Like, do you Ooh, like cool I like whip? that. Do you want to play with Lee? And no, I don't feel comfortable discussing cool whether or not I like whipped cream with you on the air. I just don't. It's just. Do you want to play with Lee and no no cream will be involved? <laughs> uh, who's, what are we talking? Oh, we're talking baseball. Robo umps. All right. That ought to be fun. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us. And kickoff continues right here on the sports station WNSP. Baseball. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no response to that. <laughs> okay. I thought me okay, very good. I thought you'd say I say baseball. Dan Jennings, right? 
Sure. I was hoping. See, Dan, Dan's a renaissance guy. He is. There's he so is. much more to Dan Jennings than baseball. Alabama, and I feel like you you kind of put you paint him in the with this this very specific brush. He's he's so much more than just a baseball guy. He is fun. Well, I didn't say that. I just no, said I, I just I, said that's a good intro though. He is a lot of fun. Well, I, I mean, can tell you now that. Now you're just making things up. No, I'm not because I can tell you since I've had discussions with him off the air. He's a lot of fun. Y'all talk whipped cream? And that hasn't come up yet. Okay. Well, I mean, it's early. Danny, good morning. How are you today? <laughs> well, hey, welcome. I'm doing good. The Renaissance man is staying in a Renaissance hotel, so it's life are is you? good. Good rate? Uh, the, 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 yeah. you, got, you, got, you got a great rate, especially when you can give the uh, credit card from the uh, Washington uh, Nationals? That's right. That's exactly right. You always stay at the Renaissance, or not always, but most times. All right. You're out where? Toledo? I'm in Toledo, where it's about a 48-degree morning. And you're in AAA ball, right? That's AAA? Yep. Yeah, watching our AAA team in here play in Toledo, the Mudcats, All right. Mud Hens. This worked out really well. So Aaron Boone yesterday got tossed for the second time in four games, arguing balls and strikes. And he was quoted as saying, even though I've been ejected four times this year, I do not want robo-umps. AAA is experimenting. What are you seeing with RoboUmps? What's what's the take on this? Uh, do you seem to uh, basically, if you took a poll from people you talked to, would they favor this or not? Interesting, you bring this up. So last night after the game, I was in the clubhouse with our coaches and manager, and we had this very conversation. And I would tell you right now that, albeit a little bit. Uh, off kilter especially with the high and low strikes because as a hitter comes in the box it's adjusted to their height and uh i think the the players they like the system because they feel like at least the ball is on the plate now the up and down of it uh certainly changes depending upon you know how quick or how accurate they can adjust the box Beginning tonight, the final three games in the series, the players, uh, the, the batter, the catcher, and the pitcher have three chances during the course of a game to dispute a call, being a ball or strike, and then it goes on the screen inside the box, and it's determined yes or no. So I would tell you the favor has been, uh, I mean, it's been a positive uh, return from the players. When you sit behind home plate, and you look at some, especially some of the breaking pitches, they look like they go around the plate versus uh, over the plate. But when you go in post-game and look, uh, it does catch part of that shield that is called the box. So from a percentage standpoint, and maybe just in the one or two games you've seen up there, how accurate would you say the calls of balls and strikes using? And fair, you know what? Let's back up a little bit. Explain to our audience what a robo-wump is. So it's a uh, it's a radar system that is used uh, uh, each angle across uh, the plate, and it measures the 17 inches of the plate uh, width-wise, and then the height depending upon the uh, height of the batter. And so it's a digitized radar that pulls up, and the umpires wear a beeper in their ear, and if the ball hits part of that box and this beep goes off and the umpire albeit somewhat delayed maybe 
two seconds, three seconds, they will call a strike. That, for me, is what's been a little bit uh, different because you see an umpire, 1,001, 1,002, and then he'll make the call. Can you, if, if a batter or the manager gets upset with the, the robo-ump, I say robo-ump, can he come out and argue? Can, who would he talk to? I, I, I think what you're going to end up seeing is some guys go behind the clubhouse and unplug him. <laughs> <laughs> so from a percentage standpoint, from what you saw so far, how accurate is the robo-ump? Would, you know, you're right behind home plate. Would you say 90%, 95%? What, what? Oh, I, I would tell you it's probably 98 Again, uh, the ball on the plate, that's a definite. The, the only discrepancy has been in the uh, – the height, you know, the up and down of the ball. Sometimes it appears that the ball's below the zone. You know, if you got a six foot four guy in the box, and it appears that the ball is below what you would consider, you know, the armpits to knees mindset that we've all heard since we were growing up. And you feel like that a lot of times the balls are underneath that, uh, especially the low part of the zone. So uh, I would tell you 98%. Do you think we're going to see this in the major leagues next season? 100%. I think it's coming. And I personally think it's coming because of the uh, the gambling. I mean, that's the one thing that, quote, is left for, uh, you know, any, any type of tinkering is the balls and strikes. So I think you're going to see that happen. And I think that eliminates any uh, possible wrongdoings by umpires and, and makes it about as electronically pure as it can be you know danny you brought up another subject gambling of course which is hit college uh baseball which is hit uh, the nfl do you see down the road major league baseball kind of maybe looking into this or cracking down and you know even even players on FanDuel or DraftKing or something like that i mean is this a, is this a concern I think it has to be a concern when you have kiosks at the ballparks where, you know, in between innings, people can run up and place bets, live betting going on at any time. And, you know, I, I think it's something that certainly is looked at uh, every year in spring training. You know, you start the, the spring training ritual by reading Rule 21, which talks about the gambling and, you know, how it's uh, going to be policed. And so, I, yeah, I, I think that some of the things that are occurring certainly will eliminate any of that possibility uh, to where, you know, a game could be altered based upon, uh, you know, someone gambling. Another major story that could develop, the uh, commissioner says the owners may vote on whether to allow Oakland to move to Las Vegas. Is this a sure thing? that uh, Oakland's going to get the okay to move their baseball team to Vegas? I don't think it's sure until it's done, Lee, but, man, oh, man, I don't see how you can't. Uh, they've tried forever uh, without any success to move out of uh, – move out of Oakland, Alameda, and go into San Jose, and it hasn't been allowed. And I think now just where that stadium is, the fact that the Raiders have gone, uh, it, it's a very eerie feeling going to Oakland, taking the BART there, and then walking across. You just see a lot of uh, a lot of homelessness, a lot of destitute people. Just not a good uh, – it's not a good area. 
and truly it's not a baseball field it's a it's a football stadium that morphs into a baseball field and i think vegas has the money they certainly have the momentum and i definitely think it's uh, it's gonna happen and i think financially it's a win for everybody all right let me ask you this though oakland is 10 and 42 can vegas say no we don't want you you're a terrible team <laughs> I don't think it works like that, but I'm sure that there will be some. Uh, I'm sure there will be some sentiment to, uh, you know, improve the club. And I got to think that you know, if the team is sold, which all indications that it will be, then a new owner, you know, puts more money, and through that, you uh, you can go out and get some free agency and upgrade in a hurry. You go back always in sports and how professional leagues tried to disassociate themselves from Vegas. You got hockey there now. You got NFL. You may have baseball. Isn't this hypocritical that, you know, they, they crack down on gambling and yet they're all too willing to move into Vegas? I would love to hear Pete Rose's take on it. It must be one of, uh, of sure disbelief. And, you know, I, I just think, you follow the dollars, and every sport's going to chase it, I think, from a standpoint of growth. And you're talking about a place that over the last 50 years has completely expanded, exploded. And, man, the way they support the, the football team there, the hockey team, I just see that continuing to grow. And, you know, you get so many visitors coming there who will support whomever's playing in Vegas. Uh, and probably a lot of times, you know, will set their trips up around coming to see their, quote, home team play out there. All right. Uh, on another subject, since Mark identified you as a renaissance guy, if the SEC adopts the nine-team format, which could come out next week, which three teams would you like to see permanent opponents on Alabama's schedule? Um I think for sure you got to have Tennessee. That goes back forever. And um, it, it would have to come out of the East, correct? Well, no, I'm it could be any, any, any three. Uh, obviously, Auburn would be one. All right. Well, yeah. Auburn, this Auburn, is permanent. Auburn, Tennessee, LSU for me. All right. Just, just wanted to check in. We don't know what's going to happen for sure. It could become a very controversial thing next week, but uh, it's 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 on the table. Danny, I appreciate it. Hey, Dan, I got something for you. You, you being a, a Renaissance guy, do you know what happened on this day in 1993 in the world of baseball? 1993. Wow, you got me. Help me on this one. This should be a good one. Well, Jose Canseco was in the outfield chasing down what he thought was a, a, a ball at the wall. Do you remember? Did that refresh your memory at all? I think it was a heads-up play. It indeed <laughs> was. I mean, Jose Canseco thought he had it, and the thing hit him right in the head and went over the fence. Heads-up for sure. I, you got to love Jose. It's never a dull moment with him. And you know what? If that was the most sensational headline of his career, it would have been, a, it been a, a stellar <laughs> career for Jose Canseco. <laughs> that may have been page two, Mark, for yeah, sure. No doubt. Mark, Mark brought up earlier about uh, – what, what did you have, like disputes or anything? Or you, you remember earlier in the show? Uh, so uh, so I don't know if you've been following the Shannon Sharp-Kwame Brown thing. They've been getting after each other pretty good. Kwame had some comments about LeBron. Shannon Sharp, who's a big LeBron supporter, said, well, why are you even 
being critical of LeBron James, you were you're on my Mount Rush, Rushmore of of NBA busts. So they've just gone back and forth. Kwame countered with some words I can't say on family friendly radio. So we got us thinking about some of the biggest like sports personality beefs in history. Um, mm. What comes to mind? Any, anybody come come to mind? Certainly, Billy Martin, Reggie Jackson. That's uh, yeah. that's one I always think of. The way those two used to go after each other. Um, you know, more more of the media for me with the sports personalities in the media than uh, two guys, you know, two individual guys. Well, we're going to see if we can get something going between you and Lee. I think that would make good radio. Uh, I'll have him say something nasty about you when you get off the air here, and, and we'll get you to, to comment next week. Oh, we got some stories about whipped cream we can throw out on him, too. Yeah, I, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> Uh, anybody else nauseated? All of a sudden, I got really nauseated. Hey, Dan, enjoy the renaissance or wherever your travels take you, and uh, be kind to the robo-umps. They, too, have feelings. You got it. Y'all have a great week, fellas. Thank you. That's Dan Jennings, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, coming up here, uh, what are we doing next? Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. How about a little Chick-fil-A to get the kids all excited about the big uh, summer approaching? You know, Lee's going to Destin. He's so excited about the summer. He's going to Destin next week. Fear not, though. He's going to be on the show. Reporting stuff. You're going to give us, you want to give people a hint on what the uh, – give us the topic for the Chick-fil-A so people can get in the right frame of mind. Softball. Okay. <laughs> Softball. <laughs> Winning streaks. How's that? Sounds like you're playing that brain teaser game by yourself. <laughs> Softball. Softball. <laughs> hardball. Come on. Uh, Keanu hardball? Reeves. Uh, what did you say? Reeves? Keanu Reeves. He was in a he was in a movie called Hardball. Um, and uh, what was it? The what, the movies he's famous for? Matrix. Yeah, that's it. I couldn't even think of it. Neo. I was, I was gonna say Nate Matrix. What was the one he was in with Patrick Swayze? Point Break. John Wick. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> you don't say a word in an hour, and it's. It's terrible. Someone in the app says, I need details on the whipped cream. No, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. But we'll just let that out there. Hey, I tell you what. Vote the opening kickoff, and Lee will tell you all you want to know about whipped cream. How about that? In the meantime, let's take a break. And uh, Softball. Softball. <laughs> That's the question. Wow. Super regionals. Do you... Do you think maybe you've come to the end? You know, like how people say you've gotten to the end of the internet. Do you think you've come to the end of Chick Fil A gift card trivia questions? If we're if we're asking trivia questions on softball. No, no, I'm just getting started. It's a whole new area. It's a whole new era. It's a whole new world. People really gravitate to watch softball on TV. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's I very can't popular. Wait for the water polo question next week. That's coming up. Mm-hmm. Don't don't give the answer. Mm. All right, stay with us. Lee will enlighten us when we get back right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. And you're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A All right, 
751. Here you go, Lee. Softball. Here's your big chance. Softball. By the way, Nick, have you had any attempt to get, uh, was it Hawkins is his name, Tim Hawkins on yet, to do it live on the air with us, the Chick-fil-A theme? Yeah, we're saving it for a big, big special occasion. Very good. Oklahoma <laughs> is the overall number one seed in the Super Regionals. For softball. For softball. In case you didn't know. Right. And they are hosting Clemson. Actually, at 1 o'clock today, Mark, if you have nothing better to do. Uh, I do. So they have now won 46 games in a row. Name the school that holds the record for most consecutive wins in college softball. Softball. Like you, for, so you're like, you don't even here. watch any. You don't ever watch any of it. Like Alabama tonight, your alma mater's playing. You wouldn't watch it a little bit. Games are quick. I guess not. I, I can just, tell by your expression you could no, care I'm, less. I, I just I'm I'm fascinated by the fact that you like to point out because a school is someone's alma mater that somehow whatever that school is related like involved in like you need to be automatically interested in. Not so much automatically, but wouldn't you have an interest just to tune in to see how things are going? Maybe an inning or two. Uh, I like watching college softball. I don't make it appointment television. Um, I mean, I'm sure Sylvester Stallone's not on tonight, so oh, <laughs> please, he's on somewhere. <laughs> You're right. I, I take that back. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, Lee and I do have some things in common. We Very are both much. invested. I watched the final episode of the um, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Wait, wait a minute, the, the final episode? Yes. I thought they, it's over with. It dropped yesterday. Oh, how many are there? Uh, whatever the last one is, I don't know. Okay, I watched eight, so there's a ninth. There is indeed. So there you're is ahead another. Of me. So you're ahead of me then. Yeah, I'm done. I know how it ends. Everybody don't dies. say it. Don't tell me. Everybody does. Don't tell me. Everybody does. We got a winner. Yeah, Jason's our winner. Attaboy, Jason. I think I know who that is because I know he's a softball guy. So congrats to Jason. Arizona at 47. Here's what's interesting. You know the uh, winningest college football program ever? Oklahoma with 47. Mind blown. Wow. I always know I'm going to learn a new nugget. Oh, I see what you did there. Of knowledge. Every wow. morning. Are the Denver you Nuggets... You don't waffle fries on that statement. Yeah. Are the Denver Nuggets relevant? Oh. Um, yeah. They have a two-time MVP. I meant... I mean, in the mainstream right now because of the fact they're off. So I, I realize it's a basketball team. And actually, I wouldn't mind seeing them win a championship. Uh, but I've actually broadcast in the... I think that... No, maybe I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember what's the name of the arena they uh, what's the name of the arena they play? <laughs> you play a, you, you play a word association game yeah. with yourself, Lee. Nick, are what's they, the name? Are they in a Pepsi Center? Yeah, I have broadcast there. That's where the uh, college basketball team used to play a few games. Meanwhile, like this is the game that he plays, right? So, uh, do you think do you think the Denver Nuggets are relevant? You know, I used to play. Uh, I used to think, I think I called a game in that arena. What's the name of that arena? Pepsi. You know, Pepsi sponsored the prep spotlight. You know, Pigskin's on the prep spotlight. Very good. <laughs> You, you do remember that, yeah. the Pepsi pregame, postgame? Yeah. Right. Yeah, which we mentioned on Fridays during a high school game day, which you know we do in Air Sports 1, which is the vehicle we use here at WNSP. You know, I haven't always been at WNSP. I was at WKRG, but that's after I moved here from Pensacola. But I'm from oh, New York spiraling. or New Jersey. Or I know. Okay, here we, we go. Do. Here we go, uh, Nick. 
three, two, one. Obnoxious. Heim. <laughs> Mark. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was three words. We only need. Th- Obnoxious. All right. Who, who thinks uh, I might be obnoxious, but I'm Arrogant. not wrong. Arrogant. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Have you ever been wrong? And I, I said this the other day. You, you wouldn't admit it anyway. That's not true. Yes, it's true. On this show, it is. Did, did I did I just admit I was wrong or not admit that you I'm wrong? You would never admit it. I think I just didn't. I just did exactly what you claimed I do. What should I apologize for? I think we've done this before. I apologize all the time, just not to you. That's something for me to look forward to. What did I do anything today that that was worthy of an apology? Because I will do it right here, on the air. I will apologize to Lee Shervanian and mean it. All right, we'll go for it. Not necessarily what am I apologizing today. There's for nothing, though? nothing to apologize for. All right then. There's got to be something. <laughs> well, the fact that he's obnoxious and arrogant—that's his style. I thought he. You said he was obnoxious no, and arrogant. I didn't not say today. Nick. No, no I said day. you, not Nick. Mine's no. a bit. Mine's all a bit. He's low oh, key. Mine's genuine. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nick is low key. Gosh no. Listen, people. I'm listen. I'm sorry. Okay, people. It's not my fault. I'm this smart. Nick, Celtics win in seven. Mm. Don't hum. Yes or no? <laughs> Maybe. Well, at least you Maybe. didn't whistle. At least Probably. you didn't whistle your way through it. Mark, to the Celtics win I, in seven. It 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 really does feel like we're in the midst of watching history, right? It, it's not that they're squeaking by. It's like they're playing the way. People expected him to play all series. Um, Did you hear that comment by Marcus Smart today? Today? Yeah. If you could find it, play it for Mark. Mark being a a basketball coach basically says, because he was asked, why are you guys playing so well now? He said, well, they snuck up on us. (laughs) He snuck up on you. You've played them during the regular season. So you snuck snuck up on them for three games? Yeah, and it, it's not like it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, how is anybody sneaking up on you? Um, I mean, like, you coach teams and you face teams all along. So can you imagine you've you've already faced a team two or three times and then you guys don't do well and then some of your players, you know, we weren't expecting that. They just snuck up on us. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I'll tell you this, man. The Miami Heat keep trying to score with Bam out of bio. First off, he needs to we need to start calling him Bum out of bio cuz that dude has no moves. Dude cannot score. Just give it up. Let, just play defense and if you get that rock, just pass it immediately to someone else cuz you're not doing anything, man. Hot take. I like it. I I hope you heard that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of rooting for the Celtics at this point. I wanted these series to be over. Like, just let's just like I said earlier, put them out their misery. But now I, dude, all the pressures on Miami, they've got to be gun shy here a little bit, right? They really needed to end it last night, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I watched literally ten seconds of it. I turned it on late to watch to see the score. I'm like, this is it's already over. Like, I didn't think there was any way they were gonna come back from that. Good stuff. All right. What are we doing in hour number three, Lee? We're going to start out a longtime SEC uh, correspondent, reporter, Ron Higgins. 
talking about the SEC meetings next week and about really we're just going to concentrate on scheduling format. How's that? Okie dokie. We'll do that. And who knows what other type of brain games and mind teasers we may throw out. Cream. Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> James Unworthy over here. Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, and just like that, we're back, baby. One hour left in the uh, in the show. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. Uh, wish you and yours a happy and safe uh, Memorial Day weekend. We'll be uh, we'll be off on Monday, but when we return, when we return, uh, it will be knee deep in uh, spring meetings, and uh, Lee Shervanian will have the enviable task of you, you hitting the hot tub in Destin. Is that the I am. That, that's the first thing you're doing, huh? I wouldn't say it's the first thing, but I will day one for All sure. Right, be careful. I don't I want will. that new iPhone getting ruined. I'm not even so, going to take it there. Well, that might be where you get the best interviews. SEC, <laughs> Lee, Sankey, invite. That's where I'll be. He invited me. Okay. All right. Yep. Ron Higgins is our guest. Ron's a longtime SEC follower, reporter. Now with, I believe, Ron, if I understood you correctly, TigerDetail.com. Um, uh, LSU website, yeah, that's where I am. And I want to clear up one thing. I know people, I know you're, you're kidding, Lee, about hot tubs. This assignment isn't as glamorous as people think it is because you spend your entire time waiting outside of meeting rooms and waiting to talk to people. And if you see the beach in four days, you're lucky. Honest to God, I know people think, they're going to Destin. It's the best assignment ever. Not necessarily if you're doing your job. And I know Lee will do his job. So it's it's a great assignment to be in Destin. But you don't see the beach that much unless the coach wants you to do an interview on a beach, and that's not happening. But this one's going to be action-packed, folks. This one's going to be an action-packed game because of the scheduling, because of the uh, you know, the. The, you know, the, the 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 fines for crowds. What what can they do about the the, the crowds rushing the field because the fines aren't helping? That's going to be an action-packed meeting. Plus, Texas and Oklahoma are going to have representatives there. They can't vote, but they're there to kind of get a taste of the action. So this is going to be a good one. Now, Ron, I got to uh, comment on what you just said. You're exactly right. I've been what four times. This will be my fourth or fifth time down there. I've never touched the beach. Yeah, just but ask him time. how many times he's been in the hot tub, Ron. Well, that's basically at the hotel i'm staying at mm-hmm. not at the sandestin so well, well ron's that, out there chasing down leads and trying to get folks uh, on the record well i let him the, chase the, the leads and then i go to ron and say oh, what happened that works out everybody wins <laughs> that's what i do i okay. said okay. I, I i follow the leader i follow the leader whatever ron gets is good enough for me ron let's get into let's dive into this now is this going to be controversial next week i mean i guess i'm asking is there a lot of pushback on a nine-game schedule, or is it? Or, or, are they favoring the eight-game schedule? What are you hearing? I think it's, I think it's pretty much still split on it. Uh, you have people who 
you know, I mean, they've come down, they've gone through like about 30 bottles since 2018. Uh, and it's come down to having an eight game with one permanent opponent and nine games with three permanent opponents. I think they're going to go in nine games. I think just for the, uh, I think for the sake of, uh, of TV and, and having uh, a larger inventory of games, uh, they'll end up doing that. Just trying to get everybody on the same table. Uh, you know, most of the football coaches are against it. Most of the ADs are are trying to find some sort of middle ground because some like it because of the revenue, and some of them you know, have to their football coach complain about it. In the end, I, I, I'll be in the end. I'll be stunned if it's not nine games. I, re- I really will. Because again, it gives you a better inventory. It gives the fans uh, a better, you know. what I was asking why I think a lot of this is you know TV would love to see a nine game schedule better games of course but what what do you see and I should also clarify it's not the coaches who have the the final say at like Thursday when the presidents come in they're the ones who actually vote on this correct they're the ones who make the final correct. decision so what what would be the the reason not to what why would they not want to have the the nine game schedule I, I mean, I, I mean, it's tricky from a coaching standpoint. I mean, it comes down to it. Coaches have their say. I, I, that's why I think. I think you're correct. I think we'll go nine games. I think presidents, uh, presidents are all about you know what you want to say. I mean, the more money you bring into to the athletic program, the better. Uh, I, I, you know, I can't see going any other way. Plus, you have three, uh, having three permanent opponents over one permanent opponent is not a bad thing either. I mean. Because of course every school uh, wants to have you know choose to throw three firm opponents they can't do that I know I know Alabama's been upset because I mean it's I mean more than likely their three firm would be LSU Tennessee and Auburn uh, which is uh, uh, not an easy deal but you know I mean I don't know any other way to do it I mean everybody's got their their crosses to bear man. I mean, look, for the long, longest time, LSU's had to play, uh, you know, play Alabama and Florida every year. Uh, LSU's had to do that home and away every year forever. Uh, so it's kind of a, 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 you know, you can't make everybody happy and do the best you can. Uh, try to preserve as many uh, rivalries as you can. Uh, you know, and then these 
And they, they've done a pretty good job of that over the years. I mean, the only, the only robbery that I, I think the SEC really ever lost was when they expanded 1992. They, they lost a Tennessee-Auburn robbery, which was a great annual game. But other than that, they've done a pretty good job of, of preserving stuff. And I'm sure they'll do that again this time. Ron, great catching up with you, man. It's been far too long. Uh, I'd tell you to enjoy Destin, but we know that's not always the case. But if you're looking for Lee, check for the, the you know closest hot tub. That's where he'll be. Okay. I was over y'all's way this past weekend. I played Magnolia Grove. But it, 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 it brutally beat me down, but I had a great time. <laughs> well, that's the biggest compliment you can give any course or anybody, man, that, to have a good time after getting your, your hat handed to you. So, hey, we'll be yeah, following you on uh, on Twitter at Ron Higg. That's H-I-G-G. And, of course, TigerDetails.com. Take care, guys. I'll see you. Yep, that's Ron Higgins, ladies the and gentlemen. Only, the only media person that really gets to the beach is Paul Feinbaum when he does his TV radio show, right? And we had him on – well, we have him on most Thursdays. Uh, he's, he's busy this week. And then next week he'll be on Friday instead of Thursday because of his duties with the show. But if you remember last year – and I actually was there. I say there. I, I heard it. He was doing a show out on the beach – in the background, there was a guy with a uh, mower or whatever it was cutting oh, down. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And it was just drive, you know, it was just driving everybody nuts. You know how? Anyway, that that was the part about the beach that I remember the most with the noise that was in the background of his show. But uh, this thing about the night, this is what I find fascinating. And somebody on the want to call us and tell me I'm wrong, or but does anybody? I will. Okay, you do that. Uh, contrary. Mark, uh, does anybody have a bigger gripe if you're going to complain about three teams in Auburn playing Alabama and Georgia? Is it possible that any other school would draw both Alabama and Georgia as your three if they go that route? Uh, no. I cannot um, dig deep now. Come I on. cannot debate that topic with you as oh, much as sorry. I'd like to. There, I, I, don't, I don't think there is anybody that would – and do you think they all line up I mean, saying, I, begging for Vanderbilt? Tennessee? Because Tennessee could get Alabama and, and maybe Georgia. I you mean, know I what? Think... You're onto something. See You're that? Right. You're yes. wrong again, Lee. Look at that. When I win. See, when he puts his mind to matter and doesn't worry about being obnoxious, he can come up with good stuff. You see, that's where you have me wrong. I never worry about being obnoxious. You're the only one that worries about me being obnoxious. I'm trying to. I'm trying to brand you and and you tell are. people when they ask me off the air how you are I, try, I just try to low-key it that's all i get asked every day how it's mark to work with yeah you you trying to brand mark is really making me uncomfortable uh with that hot iron and his pants pulled down <laughs> to his ankles First of all, I'm wearing Where did he come up with this? How did, it's that word association. It's contagious. Right. Iron? Yeah. Hot. Pants. See, down. if he said iron, <laughs> I'd be thinking the iron bowl. <laughs> say, if we started, I'd say iron, I'd say bowl. Okay. But see, you wouldn't, there wouldn't be iron, then bowl. You'd have to say it at the same time. So if you said iron, he said bowl, then you'd have to say. I think it's pretty fair to say no game. one is going to be in, in Shervanian's head. I think I could do it. Lee, let's give it three. You think we can get it in three turns? All right, you guys say you guys say a word. I'll count down. All right, on three, just say some random word. All right, one, two, three. Bowl, pants, bowl and pants, bowl and think. pants. One. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me think. You see, no, no, you didn't give us a chance to th think. Yes, yes, I did. No, you have plenty of time to think. Let's go. We only have forty-five minutes left in the show. All right, come on. Bowl and pants. Ripped. 
Wait, wait, wait. We got to count. We got to count. Oh, count. I, I, right. this three, two, one stuff's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, ready. One, two, three. Rip boxers. <laughs> Ripped and boxers. I will repeat it so Nick can think of another word. Ripped and boxers. One, two, three. Jeans. Thong. Jeans and thong. Did we are we already past three? Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so again, I'm right. Nobody oh. can get in Trevanian's head. You're right. He admitted I'm right. If there's someone out there who thinks that they can connect with Lee within three turns, give us a call. And if you do, maybe he'll give you a Chick-fil-A gift card. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. The one I had reserved for you today. Oh, snap, biggity dog. Well, maybe he won't then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you going to do a scoreboard for us, no, Lee? Or no? no, we're going uh, no, to try to get to our next guest. Okay. Uh, Lee making uh, program decisions if, right if he, here. If he answers. Okay. If he doesn't, more time for you and Nick. To try to get inside the head of Lee Shervanian. The opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station. Here comes your traffic and your weather. Time's a ticket on the nappies. VoteNappies.com. I would highly encourage you to, when you think about voting, don't take the last segment into consideration, that last little bit. Think about all the good all the good we do for the community. Going out to high schools in the fall and in the spring. Nick being a, a vocal uh, speaker out in the community. That's right. Lee. <laughs> Whatever. Being Lee. We're up for three of them. Let's sweep this bad boy. Let's not be the Heat. No. Let's be the Nuggets. Yeah. Stay with Let's us. Do it. It's the opening kickoff. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP. Taking over for his buddy Brad Bohannon. Oh, that ball is mashed. Deep to left center field. Seidel just did it for the ninth time this year. All right, 8.20 here on a Friday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station, WNSP. The Iron Bowl of Baseball. Alabama defeated Auburn yesterday, 7-4. to four. They're back in action today. Austin Hanna is following Alabama, as he has all year long. Uh, he works for uh, Bama Central, and he's the last word when it comes to Alabama baseball. Austin, I can't thank you enough. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Lee. Good to talk to you. If I told you a couple of weeks ago that Alabama would reach 40 wins, what would you think of me? Uh, yeah. Crazy. I mean, it, it, what's really transpired, I think even beginning the season, this team had good expectations uh, before all that kind of stuff happened, and they got off to that great start. I think they were 15 or 16-0. and 0. Um, at, at that point, it, it looked at, it maybe a little realistic, but um, then they kind of went through a midseason struggle, and then obviously the horrible stuff went down with Bohannon, and um, you know, I don't think anybody expected the team to be doing what they're doing right now, but they are doing it, and uh, they're still alive there in Hoover. Hey, Austin, I got to ask you, just, uh, does, does Bohannon go to the games as a spectator? Is he actually there? Does he see his team play or not, or his former team? No, no I, I, I do not believe I've seen him at a single game, which I, I think is for good reason. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would go because, I mean, with the way, with how bad everything was that went down, 
that and how serious that situation is. Um, yeah, no, 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 no baseball games for him. I thought it was interesting that Bryson Ware from Auburn hit his 24th home run, and that's a single-season record, and the record he broke is Hunter Morris, who's a coach on the Alabama staff now. Yes, he is. He is, and uh, we got to talk to Bryson Ware after the game, and uh, he kind of talked through that moment and said that Morris kind of came over to him after the game and said congrats, and uh, how about this? He said, we'll see you in Hoover, so um, Bryson kind of said it'd be kind of awesome if Alabama and Auburn were both able to make Omaha and uh, go to TD Ameritrade Park and um, what, what that would do for those two baseball programs. It's been a long time since I've seen the new coach, the interim coach, James Jackson. He used to be a pitching coach here at South Alabama. Very likable guy. Uh, what's been your take on him? And, and have you done interviews with him? I'm sure you have, right? Yes, yes. We've got to talk to him a good bit. And he actually, you know, even during Bohannon's time, uh, for whatever reason, it, it, Bohan was doing national interviews after a game or, or whatever it was. Um, we would sometimes get Jackson uh, for post game um, instead of rather than Bohannon every, every now and then. So uh, we already had a little bit of a feel for him before he stepped in, and uh, ever since he has, yeah, he's he's great and he handles the media stuff well. And um, yeah, it, it's been really really crazy what he's done. I mean, to get thrown into a situation like that, he's never been a head coach and. Um, especially in SEC baseball, which is kind of the big deal, the big thing, and all the best teams, all the best players in the country play in this conference, and for him to do what he's done and have the success he's had, I think it's, it's really having a big impact on the program early, and um, Craig Bird has definitely got to consider his name at least you know, the, the season's in. Oh, since you went there, I was going to ask you too, is, is he, do you think he's going to be hired full-time? I don't know. I've seen mixed things. Uh, I've seen a lot of fan reactions out on Twitter and, and some people saying, you know, it would be a lazy hire, uh, especially with the last two things, the last two coaches, how they panned out. And um, I don't know. I, I think right now there's, there's no doubt that he's definitely should be a contender. I mean, he's got the attention of this baseball team. Um, and obviously there, it's, it's a veteran baseball team. So a lot of these guys are going to leave and, you know, how would he be in the future? I don't know. Um, is this just a lightning in a bottle thing? Is it just working out right now? And and obviously, also, Lee, we've seen things in the past where, where teams hire their interim coaches, uh, and it doesn't always go well. And I think Auburn had the same situation, a little bit of a similar situation uh, with Cadillac during football season, where some of the fans were like, you know, we should just do it. Like, I don't know, everything, you know, we've won a couple games. It was just a relief to win a couple games for Auburn football. And I think Alabama baseball is in a similar situation where they're, they're kind of thinking, you know, this program's been so bad for the last decade that, that they're tasting a little bit of success here, and uh, they're just jumping on board. So I don't know. I, I can't really get a good feel for it. Um, I definitely think he will be considered, and um, obviously he, for a good reason. Um, he's got them in a position to host a regional and, and, you know, make a super regional, and after that you never really know. So, um I think it, it, I think it depends on how far this goes. Obviously, right? Uh, they made it to Friday the SEC tournament. That's a big accomplishment because um, if you win tonight against Vanderbilt, you're in the semifinals. Um, but if, if they make a super regional, and especially if they make Omaha, I really think it's going to start turning towards okay, this might be Jason Jackson's job to lose at this point. Final question is: Alabama a shoe in to host right now? No matter what happens today against Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's over. Um, yes, I. I and believe it or not, after the win over Kentucky and then the, that horrible loss to Florida on Wednesday night, um, yesterday morning, before the Auburn game, D1 baseball, which 
obviously we talk about this during basketball season, during, during football season, especially basketball season when you have all the projections from Joe Lenardi and whoever. Um, so it's not completely accurate, but they had Alabama as the number 11 seed overall before the Auburn game yesterday. So um, I think it's a guarantee at this point after that win that it's got to be in the top 10 or at least at about number 10 right now. Uh, and, a, and a loss to a Vanderbilt team or a loss in the semifinals of an SEC tournament is not going to hurt them. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely hosting next weekend. So what time is the Alabama-Vanderbilt game today? It's going to be approximately – everything's approximately in Hoover for the most part. Um, it's going to be approximately 6.30 p.m., so the first game today. Only two games today. Uh, it's, it's the loser's bracket game. It's going to be Texas A&M is playing in the first game at about 3 o'clock. Um, and then it'll be 30 minutes after the one, that one ends. So if you, you give it that game three hours, add 30, that gives you three and a half. Quick math. So about 6.30 more than likely. Austin, great job. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch as Alabama moves on. Appreciate your uh, efforts. Thank you very much. Awesome. Great to talk to you. Thanks, guys. That's Austin Hannon with Bama Central. So, hey, I got it mapped out for you. So if they start right around 6.30 – you're home tonight, right? You're not playing basketball, are you? I'm not. You're not out in the neighborhood or something like that creating havoc. No. You got Alabama baseball maybe around 6.30 in the SEC Network, and then during breaks you can switch to the Alabama softball game, ah. which starts at 7 on ESPN2. Look at this. Your alma mater. back. Oh, you got it made tonight. Yeah. There's probably a Fast and Furious marathon going on somewhere I can catch ah, it. Ah, you can tape it and watch it later on. They, yeah. they run them all the time anyway. I'll, I'll tape it and replay it on my VHS. I mean, what what's more important than if – I don't know if Montana Fouts is going to pitch tonight, but if she does, who's more important? Seriously. Maybe the Toretto family legacy. Yeah. There's nothing more important than family, Lee. Duh. You know what other movie's coming out uh, this weekend, right? I think I do, but – Please share with the masses. <laughs> the Little Mermaid. Mer- mermaid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get excited about that one. It, in contrast, pretty good. In contrast to the Big Mermaid, or is there such a thing? <laughs> yeah, she's really not that small if you think. Yeah, about what it. is? What's? Why is it the Little Mermaid? Um, there's some stand. There's some like classic '80s stand-up bit in there. Yeah. Who's the voice? It's an actual human. It's no voice. It's a person. That's what I mean. Yeah, who is it? That's what I'm asking. It's a great question. Holly Bailey? Is that her name? Um. Yeah, it's spelled like Halle, though. Like Halle Berry. But Bailey. Halle yeah. Bailey. So it's Halle Bailey. But Melissa McCarthy's Ursula, that might be fun. I mean, the reviews are good. I, I thought it looked horrible, the trailers. I mean, I'm not going to see it. I'm sure there's some listeners that have daughters and whatnot. They want to go see the who's it's, the what's it's, and the thingamabobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are we open the rest of the way? We got Ian coming up. Basketball. Oh, well, that'll be fun, too. Yeah, on the Celtics. Oh. And he LeBron. And of course. And Kwame. And Kwame. Speaking for us in the last, uh, this year and last year, when we've had a lead or tied a series up and came back home, for whatever reason, we've, uh, I don't know, relaxed, um, for lack of better words. And, you know, we've lost some crucial games at home and really just had to buckle down um, of, 
going on the road, backs against the wall, you know. Uh, it's 8.32. Uh, welcome back in. The opening kickoff here on a Friday edition. Mark Lee, Triple G, in the studios at WNSP. You know, Mark and Nick and me, will spout out information on NBA, but when push comes to shove, the guy that knows exactly what's going on is Mr. Ian Thompson, longtime beat reporter in the uh, NBA, got his schooling at McGill, as did Mark, but still, you know, Ian's much. No, you wait a minute. You didn't go to McGill. You went to I Jesuit didn't. High School. I'm I sorry. Did. The kids went there, and that's yeah. why they're smarter than you. Right. So, Ian, I want to welcome you to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Uh, great. Man, I love I love how you two get along so well. I know it's just it's beautiful, isn't he, he, it? He's in a, a mood. He's in I a mood. am. I am one of those moods. That's what happens when I don't take my allergy pill. Don't get him started. He will not stop. I, I forgot them at home. I, my allergies are acting up. Ian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lee, quote, Mark, it's your quote, allergy pill. Allergy pill. So Mark says history's in the making. The Celtics are going to be the first team to come back from 3-0. Are they? You know, nobody can predict these guys. I have no idea what's going to happen. Nobody knows how they're going to play. Which team's going to show up? Um, and I know I do know why they are this way. They're procrastinators. It's just like when I was at McGill. I'd wait till the last second. I, I couldn't write a I couldn't write a paper unless I had that pressure. Unless I was terrified of missing it. It was the same at college. And that's the way these guys are. They only play when they're scared to death of losing. You know, at this point, they've done enough so that people aren't going to say that they're an embarrassment, they're humiliation. So they can now lose this game in Miami respectfully. So there's, are they going to? Maybe. Are they going to go in and, and dominate and win by 20? Maybe. Um, are they going to win a last-second game for the first time in a long time? They could do that. You know, Um it's just a, they're just impossible to read. Um, it, and they don't know themselves who's going to show up. And it's, it's really entertaining. But if you have anything, if you work for the Celtics, I'm sure it just drives you crazy that you've got all this talent, but they lack that gene or that chromosome or whatever that, that lets them really focus in and play like champions. If they win a championship playing this way, it's just going to be the most bizarre thing because most championship teams, they, they lock in and, you know, they get to a point where you know what you're going to get game after game. But these guys so far, not they, they just have never been able to be that. Uh, Lee likes to put words in my mouth. I said I feel like we're in the midst of watching history be made. <laughs> Uh, but I don't let details get in the way of a good story. Uh, how? Why can't Miami counter? Why can't? Why? Why haven't the last two games been nowhere near competitive? I mean, in a way, each team's trying to break uh, the rules, right? So Boston's trying to do what the Red Sox did years ago, and in the NBA, it's never been done. 150 teams have fallen behind by zero three in a playoff series, and not one of them has come back to, to win the next four games to win the series. Um, so Boston's trying to do that, but Miami was the number eight seed, I think, and um, they're trying to be the the second number eight seed 
to make the finals ever. I mean, usually the NBA playoffs are fairly predictable. If you aren't a top three seed, you're not going to win the championship in the NBA. And here you have a number eight seed. They knocked off number one. They knocked off the Knicks, took a three nothing lead on Boston. But there's a reason they were they were that low in the regular season that they were just a few games over 500. You know they 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 don't have the talent of other teams. They've got this guy Jimmy Butler who's really raised his level in the playoffs. But you take him away, which the Celtics were able to do last night, really for the first time. You take him away, and what does Miami have left? And and so these are two really. Um, both both teams are are breaking new ground um, in bizarre ways, and and so if if Miami doesn't have Jimmy to answer your question mark, Miami doesn't have Jimmy Butler playing great. They can't raise their level. They can't respond. He's the guy that has to respond. And last night he didn't. He 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 only had 14 points. I think. I think he only took 10 shots. Yeah. They were denying him the ball for the first time. It was just, just a weird, weird series. Ian, are you currently Team Shannon Sharp or Team Kwame Brown? <laughs> well, so I don't know much about Shannon Sharp because um, I could never watch that show. But um, he he must be defending LeBron because I know what Kwame Brown says about LeBron. Yeah, so he goes on yeah. to say that Kwame Brown, and I don't mean to cut you off, uh, shouldn't be talking yeah. anything about LeBron James. He's the greatest. He's not – He's he, Kwame saying he should be he should be the greatest player in the world or, or one of the greatest players ever and Shannon Sharp says he is one of the greatest players in the world and he, you shouldn't be saying anything because you're on my Mount Rushmore of busts. So now Kwame <laughs> came back with two separate social media videos and, and there isn't five consecutive seconds of any either one of those videos that I can play on family friendly radio, but it's just gone back and forth. Yeah, and Kwame says that LeBron's all about hollow stats, just building up the stat sheet. Yeah. But if you look at all the times LeBron's gone deep in the playoffs and made the NBA Finals with teams that really didn't deserve to be there, um, LeBron's one of the greatest of all time. They're just he, Is he better than Jordan? I, I think Jordan had what, I, what we're talking about here, the Celtics are lacking in. Jordan had that had more than enough of that himself to go around. I mean, he, he was so locked in and so ruthless. So he's such a bully on the court. And the Celtics are nice guys compared to him. They don't they don't have any of that stuff. But so when I look at when I look at LeBron, you know, going to all these NBA finals in a row with Cleveland teams where Kyrie was his only player or they went to the finals when he was young and he didn't have an all star alongside him and, and for him to take this team Lakers as far as he did this year and you know, I think it we're gonna find out that LeBron was pretty badly injured. Um you know, you put it all together, he's it's ridiculous to say that um for Kwame Brown to say that. Um it, it, it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what Kwame Brown's career was like. It, it doesn't matter. It's it's just it's ridiculous to say that, that he he's uh he seeks stats. Now, does he appreciate the stats? Absolutely. But he couldn't win all these playoff games with inferior teams. 
um, if, if that was what he was worried about. You know, Ian, setting aside his basketball accomplishments, which are plenty, and the fact that he's the all-time leading scorer, but setting aside that, what I admire most about him, and it's just been lately reading more about him, is where he came from, where he grew up from, the fact that uh, he appears to be quite a, a family man, a father, uh, the fact that uh, business, his business acumen and what he has done in setting up his corporations at the age of 21, what he, he met with Warren Buffett and so forth. And I, I'm just amazed at the things he accomplished at such a young age. Yeah, and he started that school in Akron, his hometown. Um, and um, it's really an incentive-based school to try to get the most out of the kids. Um, yeah, he does all sorts of stuff. And, you know, he, he's the guy, um, you know, and I know a lot, I know not everybody appreciates this, but forever and ever, you know. So in the 60s, we all know we, Jim Brown, we lost Jim Brown, who died recently, and uh, Bill Russell also. And in the 60s, they, they were civil rights leaders in addition to being athletes. And then when the money came into sports, there was a lot of talk, the the players just care about money now and they won't take risks, you know? And that was one thing Michael Jordan was, was uh, a subject of criticism for that, you know, he said, you know, everybody buys my sneakers. I don't want to offend people. LeBron is, LeBron's a guy that's picked that back up again. I know everybody doesn't appreciate it, but I think you have to respect it, that he's willing to be controversial um, not in all areas, but in the areas that matter to him, um, uh, you know, and and be a leader, and and I'm sure that costs him in his business. But but the fact that he's doing that, I think, has opened the door for a lot of other athletes to do it. And um, again, I know I know people, some people aren't going to like it, but but I really respect it. The fact that the guy takes stands on things that really matter to him. Not only that, and and of course you're. You've covered the NBA for a long, long time. There was a time when the NBA was a nothing league until uh, Magic and Bird. And then it was kind of yep. maybe going downhill until Michael Jordan revived it. But when LeBron came in, my understanding of the league was that uh, Howard, I mean Howard Stern, David Stern was trying to break away from this gangster image of the NBA. And they rallied around LeBron as a role model and he i think he has lived up more so to that that they had to get away from you know that image of the the league as being gangster image and and rallied around more so lebron you know the the big question when lebron came in was who's the next michael jordan going to be because the only time the nba had had serious success any success as a business was uh, really with Michael Jordan. Even when Magic and Bird were doing so well, they weren't making a lot of money. It was when Jordan came along and uh, he became the face of the league and the global face of the league. And all of a sudden, the value of the NBA was going through the roof. And, the, and so they mistakenly thought that they had to have one superhero, like a Marvel franchise or something, where one guy was the face of the league, and they were searching all over. The, the marketing was going all over looking for it. Was it Kobe Bryant? There was a guy, Harold Miner. He was supposed to be a Grant Hill. was supposed to be the next Jordan. Uh, LeBron, it took him a while, but he became that. And LeBron is the next Jordan now. He's, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's known around the world. He's one of the few athletes that I think would be recognized on every continent.
Tom Brady wouldn't, you know, but but Mike, but LeBron would just as Michael Jordan was. So um, I I just think he's he's really checked off all the boxes. He does. It's not his personality to be like Jordan. He doesn't have it in him to have that killer instinct. He's more of a guy that wants to be liked and pulls his teammates around him and gets the best out of them. And so guys like Rui Achimura and Austin Reeves, nobodies, they become somebodies when they play with LeBron. They, they play like stars because they're playing with LeBron. He has that effect on his teammates. So I, I just I, – I think he's – as as great as everybody thought he would be coming into the league, he's exceeded the expectations, which is really amazing. Tiger Woods did the same thing. It's a very rare thing in sports, and he, he's done that. I wanted to ask you about LeBron. One more question. Where is he playing next year, or is he? Oh, he's going to play next year, and he'll play for the Lakers. So to me, when he, when he talked about retiring, first of all, he's probably exhausted and uh, dealing with some pain and very frustrated. But I think what that was was a leverage play, um, uh, you know, on the general manager, Rob Palenka, to stop taking for granted LeBron, that LeBron's going to be around, that you can count on him. Um, and, and also the point of finger. Okay, LeBron wants to retire. Why would he retire after scoring 40 points in a big playoff game? Well, obviously, he thinks he doesn't have enough talent around him to win. Well, whose fault is that? Rob Palenka. So I think that's that's where he's going with this. That he's trying to put pressure on the front office to not build for the future, but to win another championship or two in the next two years while they still have them. I think that's what he was doing. Next Thursday, Denver is hosting who for the NBA championship? <laughs> Wait, I'm, I don't have any coins on me. Um, I guess you say Boston, but as soon as you say Boston, you get fooled by saying Boston. But I'm going to say Boston because they've got the better team. And basically, there's two games left and one game at each place. Now, obviously, Boston's got to win both of them, but they, they've won big games on the road before. And I, I guess, like, whatever small percentage – 50. 0.00001 to 49.9999, whatever, I would take Boston. That's some serious math on a Friday morning. Uh, Ian, we really yeah, do uh, we really do appreciate you hanging with us, as always, sir. Um, enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll be in touch for sure. You know, there's nothing more embarrassing than starting a math thing and then think to yourself, i got to make sure these things add up, you know, at the end. Yeah, but then you realize like, you're talking to two guys that would know the difference anyway, so it, it all works no, out. But, but no, but your audience is pretty smart, and I didn't, you know. It's a good point. Anyways. Hey, uh, well, you, as you pointed out, y- you can only perform on, on, on a deadline, so we're, we're going to start the break <laughs> music right now, so if you have anything really, really deep and profound to say, now's the time to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Even this pressure is too much for me. Yeah. All right, well. Uh, I guess Kwame puts you in the same category as LeBron then. Hey, have a great weekend. We'll do it again soon. Hey, as long as they talk about me, I don't care. There you go. (laughs) Be good. We appreciate it. One final segment of the day. Of the week. Of the week. Lee's got to go home and pack his trunks to get ready for the hot tubbing. Week of hot tubbing. Dang, we're not going to see Lee till Friday, next Friday. Are you in studio next Friday? Yes. 
Sorry. You want to take the day off, man? Just make it a whole week? I'll give that to you. There are many who have covered events like this who do that. I don't do it. Admirable. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Admirable? Yeah. Not Mark. (laughs) It's just a work ethic. That's all. Definitely not Mark. One final segment of the week with Lee. Stay with us. This is Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. One of my goals. Oh, you need to be out there. I would love to sit on top of the monster. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Twist. You're going to enjoy it. I, yeah. I want to sit on the. You've on been to Fenway I, before. I've right? never been to Fenway. You've been to Fenway. I've never been to Fenway. Stop. 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 Oh, man. No, but I want to sit on it. I'll pay. I'll donate money to charity to sit on yeah. top of the monster. As big as big a uh, sports fan as you are, you need to have. Have you been to Wrigley? I have been to Wrigley okay. quite a few times. You need times. to go to Fenway, too. Okay. okay. I want to go to Fenway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> just a viral moment waiting to happen, man. <laughs> it's just a viral moment waiting to happen. What you want to sit on truck? <laughs> All right. Stop. 852. Shaq. That was the first time you heard Shaq because he was laughing so hard, dude couldn't breathe. When it gets late, they get punchy. It's like being in middle school. So when you Hilarious. say Fenway, my response, Bruce Fremming. I'll give you the the inside. So many years ago, our good friend, both you and I, Henry Papa. By the way, I love when a story starts many years ago. But many years ahead. ago, uh, invited me to go to Fenway Park. Now I had been there as a kid once before. Did you sit on the monster? I wish I did. I would have been great. I would have loved that. <laughs> so Henry uh, obviously gets the tickets, and we go to Fenway Park, and we're down by Pesky's foul pole, down the right field line, very low level. And Bruce Fremming, a good-sized umpire, is umpiring first base. I can't see home plate where we were. I said, in the second inning, and they were playing the Yankees. I think John Lieber pitched the game, too. I told Henry, I said, Henry, we have got to move anywhere. I can't see home plate. I can't see anything. So we stood the rest of the game. We went behind first base and stood up. I'm not a big fan of Fenway, but if you got me tickets for the Green Monster, you're the golden child. Yep, sitting on the green monster. That's I a, that's a bucket that. list for you, right? I would love that. Sounds it sounds like it wouldn't be real comfortable though. Sounds painful. Oh, I think almost. that no, no. The chairs, well, chairs are probably no different than Fenway. You're you're almost like side by side. You're you're wedged in with people, and you can't move, and you can't see. I guess some because people like being wedged not, in. Well, the seats aren't facing at a good angle, at least where I was. But it's an adventure. I've never been to Wrigley Field. Have you? No. Okay. I have not. I was just waiting for the next word association to pop up. I didn't know. Baseball. I think everything revolves around baseball for you. Fun. Yes. Well, if no, you well, play this game with Lee, just throw out the word baseball, and you got like a 30% chance of guessing it right. Well, earlier in the show, you're the one who told me, most popular podcast on this station is the batter's box with Joey Warner. How far behind is the double dribble with you and uh, Root? 
Well, all the shows get about the same amount of listeners except for the baseball one. They get like five to ten times more. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's content, or do you think maybe maybe they just do it better than you guys do it? Uh, I think they do a really good job at booking big-name guests in the baseball community, and I think they do a really good job of promoting it to the baseball lovers. Gotcha. So you don't book good guests and you don't promote to the basketball lovers in the community? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you can say that. <laughs> Why don't you reach out to some of the famous basketball players who have left Mobile and, and went on to fame in the – or? Uh, see, that's – see, it's kind of a different show. So we're, we're kind of more like a hot take, uh, Skip and Shannon type vibe show. Are you Skip or are you Shannon? Uh, I'm Stephen A. And the Roots, Max Kellerman. Uh, By the way, see, the baseball show, it's real local. You know, they're, they're not really talking about, like, MLB per se. It's more, you know, they're getting these local baseball guys. It's a lot of, like, stories. It's kind of like sitting around the campfire and just telling stories with each other. I've noticed, having produced the shows, that kind of just seems to be the theme of baseball people they don't really talk much about like the current right game or like the the hitting or the your batting percentage or you know positions and you know defending they don't really talk much about that they talk about you know just kind of like life lessons i guess hey next time you produce the show ask ricky ricky actually i I think Ricky uh, managed, uh, when he was in the minors, uh, Bo Jackson had him in there for a while. Maybe ask him to talk about that. Sure, I'll throw in the Clearly, they don't need our help, Lee. They're, yeah, they're killing it right, over there. You're right. I, and I, I look, when Nick asked me, I mean, who better to talk baseball than Joey Warner? Have you ever seen that? Well, you've seen it, that book he put together, the encyclopedia. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's incredible. He's He's got information that we could only wish for okay. I, knew you, I wanted to see that i wanted to see All your right. reaction to that by the way where does steven does steven live in sandestin or destin uh destin you think he's right gonna come there. by in hot tub with you yeah look he's got a boat how about this out on the boat how about I, he comes there we hot tub it and do the podcast the basketball together yeah how's and that Nick takes the day off how about that is that all right, Nick? With that. We can talk. I can talk NBA. Next right, on the double it. team, load management. <laughs> load management. I love that word. In the la- latest chapter I've read on LeBron. Yeah, hey. last episode we were talking about how Chris Paul needs to be traded to the Boston Celtics. So Why? Crazy stuff. Why, like though? Huh? Why would he? Why would the Celtics need him? He's he's almost thirty eight now. Because they don't have anyone that can dribble a basketball. Lee, have yourself an amazing week, sir. And you too, Mark. And you too, Nick. On behalf of everybody here, I want to wish you and yours a safe, uh, extended weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend until Tuesday at six. See ya.